What's up, all you beautiful people? It's your boy, Hobart, coming to you on this late June afternoon. Wow, this is uh, episode number 10. We are now 10 episodes in. I can't even believe it. It's pretty crazy. Thank you to everyone who's been along for the ride thus far. Um, It's been a blast. This whole thing has been really fun, and uh, I'm really enjoying doing it, and just uh, I feel like this whole process has been almost like a magnet for creativity. I'm just seeing um, doing this as, you know, this source of not only, you know, my own creative potential, but also like the different creative forces that's that it's attracted to me it's, it's really uh inspiring to get to be a part of this whole thing and uh to be learning a new set of skills and applying them and uh you know yesterday went and did a little session with some some friends uh doing some hip-hop stuff and learning how to record uh track and uh you know produce music which is something that I always love. Um, so yeah, life is good. About to go help uh, help out on this uh, California Honey Drops album release show tonight. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, the California Honey Drops are releasing a new album, and uh, they are doing a live stream tonight from Sweetwater Music Hall in Mill Valley. And... Uh, you can find the link on their website, CaliforniaHoneyDrops.com, um, or you can just Google California Honey Drops, and it's going to be a pretty cool, high-quality production of, uh, of some good songs. Their first quote-unquote concert back in a long time since this whole COVID thing. So yeah, all that being said, my guest today is very near and dear to my heart. Um, she is... I think we figured this out in our conversation. Um, my longest running friend that I still regularly hang out with. I've known her since second grade. Um, I remember, you know, back in the day, back in the way, way when I was living in the valley, shout out SGV. I was a fast little kid, you know, I was pretty quick on my feet and, uh, and I was a hundred percent convinced, um, that I was the fastest person in the world, like with all the certainty of an eight year old. Uh, I was just sure there was no one else out there that was quicker than me. And, uh, certainly that was true on the playground. And, um, I remember this one day, all of a sudden at elementary school, there's all this buzz. Oh my God, there's this new girl. Oh, and she's faster than all the boys. And I was like, no way. Like this, that, that can't be true, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so I went up to her and I was like, Hey, you know, I heard you're pretty fast. Like let's race. And that was how we met. We had this race and, uh, you know, so, you know, there's maybe a little difference in memory as to who won the race between me and her. But, uh, all I can say is, um, what grew out of that was this beautiful friendship and I'm so grateful to still have such a dynamic and colorful, creative uh, k- 
caring and overall just like, you know, uh, lively friend. I think, you know, Dee Dee is someone that brings so much energy to life and to friendship. And, you know, she's one of, one of my friends I most feel is like, there's always a little spice in her world. Uh, and I love that about her. She really has this, this unique ability to, uh, just bring this fire to any, you know, social situation where she's just, just grooving and there's sparks and there's this just infectious positive, positive, uh, vibe that she creates around her, um, and that people really respond to. And, when I first started this this podcast, you know, it was like in the first month of the shutdown and she was like at the top of my short list of guests when I was putting together, you know, who I wanted to have on um, because she had been sending me these videos of her show. She does this gardening show on her Instagram called Gardening in the Garden with Dee Dee where she's just running around and talking gardening and, you know, letting her personality shine and it's just like such an enjoyable program and uh so I really wanted to talk about that and we get into that a fair amount and then you know and then we just talk about life we talk about relationships we talk about you know all sorts of silly stuff um but as with you know all my guests my my intention and goal for this podcast um was to just really give my audience all you guys you know the opportunity to see what I love about this person and you know the side that I'm blessed to get to experience on a regular basis um and I think we achieved that I think that that uh that deeds you know I think you're gonna get a nice little snapshot of this this colorful character and uh you know, hopefully feel that, uh, that same, uh, you know, just that character and, um, uh, the charisma that I find is like such a part of, of who she is. She's a very char- charismatic person and, um, could think of no one else better to have on here. So without further ado, let me introduce my very, very close friend, love this girl, Miss Dee Dee Boston, on this episode 10 of the Bardcast. kind of feel like this is fitting because I've been wanting to have you on because you got a gardening show that's awesome on Instagram. Gardening in the Garden with Dee Dee. All right. Hello. And uh, and here we are in my garden. How perfect. <laughs> it seems like super uh, apropos. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to COVID. I wish all of you guys out there could see how beautiful a scene we're sitting in right now. We got 
some crystals. We got some homemade lemonade. Ganja daughter. A little ganja daughter. Got some incense going. I got some of my Indian textiles out and about. And uh, hair down. Hair down. I'm kind of feeling like in, I'm in my Aladdin mode right now. Yeah, man. This podcast. I dig it. And uh, and Deeds has got her hella positive hoodie on and yeah. bringing the positivity, which I'm stoked. That's a major theme here on the Bartcast. But uh, but yeah, Deeds, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. How's your Happy week? Tuesday. How's your week starting off? It's good. Just yeah. been doing a lot of studying. I haven't really had time. I wanted to do gardening in the garden with Deedee today because it's been about a week, mm-hmm. and my uh, spidey senses in terms of. My followers. Ooh. <laughs> I have a few people who will bug me if it's been more than a week since I've updated. That's got to um, feel good, though. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to start bugging me in the next, I don't know, 48 hours. Yeah. You get those, like, sprout-out shout-outs from your homies. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, my old neighbor, uh, or neighbors, Mike and... Susan Swayze, who you know. Shout out Swayze's. Yeah, they're, they're living on Gardening in the Garden with Dee Dee during COVID. Okay. Everybody's just attached to their social media right now. Yeah. So it's oh, good for great. the fan base. I wanted to ask you, like, I feel like we both kind of got started around the same time. You might have started a little before me with your gardening videos. But it was like early COVID, like maybe month one. How yeah, did it all th- come about? Or so, can you tell us, first of all, what Gardening in the Garden with Didi so is? So Gardening in the Garden with Didi is, um, it actually started, I think, three years ago now. Hmm. And I decided to start a garden. And I just went on YouTube and was like, how do you do this? And I started with, I think, tomatoes and looked it up. And then the way that I work is if I... I'm really into learning something new. I can't help but preach. Mm. and Teaching by preaching. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so I wanted to share. I think it also, like, getting on Instagram and saying, like, hey, folks, I just learned how to do this. I'm going to show you how to do this. I think it's there's a few different things that are going on with that. One, I wish somebody had taught me mm. and, like, in an interesting way. And so I want to spread this knowledge. And I like to be animated and and instructive at the same time um and then i think gardening in the garden with Didi. i don't remember when i made that up but it was just like a stupid phrase that i said one time oh and at the beginning i say and we're back gardening in the garden with Didi. (laughs) you got that voice dialed that sounds exactly how it sounds on instagram that's my tag and people really like the and we're back (laughs) Uh, like I, I was working at Sleep Number before I got uh, furloughed, and my boss every time I came back from uh, my lunch would say, "You gotta, you gotta introduce yourself when you come back from lunch with." And we're back. <laughs> so uh, I guess it uh, it caught on. Yeah. And anyway, I think the other thing that made me continue to do it was one of my best friends, Cheris. Her younger sister, Ilani, told Cheris, who told me that she lived for gardening in the garden with Didi because I was doing it every single day and I was loving just like oh this sprout looks like this and that sprout looks like that (laughs) and day two I was all into the the minute details and this was during this COVID time no that was about three years ago ago. the very first garden I ever did 
I'm blessed to have a little bit of outdoor space. Were you doing videos too? I was doing Instagram. I think I was doing Snapchat. Okay. And That's I don't probably why Snapchat it was off anymore. my radar because yeah. I might understand some things about the internet, but I still haven't <laughs> figured out Snapchat. Like I don't really know how it works. I feel like it makes me feel old. Like I don't quite get the user interface of like how I'm supposed to do things on there. I, I haven't stayed up to date with it. I think that was the first live social media platform. Mm. And then Instagram got their story feature. And yeah. I, I don't even know what Facebook's doing anymore. But I can't keep up with more than one. I'm just, I'm full Instagram. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I would like to do a YouTube channel. And a lot of strategy. people have talked to me about just upload these yeah. Instagrams to YouTube so that, you know, if somebody jumps in, a month into my gardening, they understand what I'm referencing and right. They can go back and, and watch. Yeah, I know my, my intuition. I wonder if you started doing a YouTube channel, like if that would change how you organize your like your show, you I know, or your, your yeah. stories, because like the phone kind of packages things up in this neat little way where it's like it's like uh, comfortingly informal yep i was gonna say casual yeah and when and putting it on youtube would just you know probably start to like stimulate your brain into thinking of it more like a video like a show yeah i think that that what's coming to mind is that i have a little bit of a perfectionist in me Mm. and i might not do it as often because I would have to do it perfectly, and then I would have to edit it, and then I'd have to upload it instead of it being this goofy, like, in-the-moment right. thing. Which is what people really kind of want to see anyways. And I think it brings something to my personality. I think there's a Gardening in the Garden with Dee Dee character that <laughs> is developing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's, she might be a form of my best self. Mm. Um, I definitely try and have breakfast maybe get a little caffeine in me oh, before i go live it's oh, not live but i don't do the instagram live i haven't really figured out how to do that uh-huh. and i don't have any live followers it's still fun to say though like i kind of want to like you know i took a beautiful picture of Dee sitting here and i want to be like about to go live with Dee. i'm not going live anytime but <laughs> it just feels fun to say you know? we're about to go, and we're live you know <laughs> yeah exactly it's important go i mean we're live right now yeah yeah there you I go mean, i'm alive this is a recorded live i'm not going to be cutting this up but yeah. i feel you that when i started this this podcast like i had two rules it's the only two rules on this podcast. What are your rules? Keep there it. are no rules. There are no rules. <laughs> no. Now, these ones are very important. Oh, okay. Very serious. We didn't go over this. Rule one, mm. keep it fun. Rule two, keep it easy. <laughs> I like it. And anytime when I'm sitting on my laptop trying to edit this thing mm-hmm. and it starts to feel not fun or easy. Cut it. I just published the damn thing. (laughs) You know, know, it's just like, it's been this process of like not needing to make it perfect. Because I could spend endless amount of time like learning how to like clean up the audio and get everything crystal clear. And anyone that's listened to my previous episodes will tell you they're not always perfect. But, uh, But I try to keep it that way. I like that. Hey, uh. I think that makes it more relatable. Tones, do you think... Do you think we could have a little access to the toilet? Yeah, just just a little coach. 
Chon coming through with <laughs> literally. Chon coming through with an assist here on the Bartcast. Just call him Chon. The Chon. You don't know oh, about the no. Chon. I dig it. So Tony's like the most. Tony's the maybe the most nicknamed person in my life. I never had a nickname. I was cursed with a unique name, so no one ever wanted Hopes. to give me one. Yeah, but it's just like a derivative of Hobie. That's a nickname, bro. But Tony became. Choney in high school, our cousin Dorian started calling him Choney, and then from Choney he became the Chone, and then Chone. Chone. No, from Choney went to Chone, and then I have him in my phone as Basebone Chone. Basebone Chone. So that's what that's the Chone. name that pops up when Next he calls me. me. The Chone Zone. This is the Chone Zone. Yeah. Choney Brown. Yeah, Chone, he he was Tony Brown for a while. You no, know, he was Brown Tony, and then our Argentinian friends, you know, in Spanish, oh, yeah. the, the, the adjective comes after, so he called him Tony Brown. Okay. And, uh, I dig it. I'm on the Pipe train right now. Yeah, Pipe's been the most recent one. We might talk about Dakin later. Oh, for sure. Dakin I'm definitely in, in Dakin mode right Tony. now because we're in the garden. There's a whole seance going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you smell it? Apologies to anyone who couldn't hear anything Tony was saying. It was all... It was all beautiful, and Tony was just saying how much he loves every one of you out there, <laughs> and he can feel you all listening in. Uh, Classic yeah, Chone. Totally. It's funny, though. We did that little video, the Dakin vid, and, like, Pipe like, was just the, the, the name I gave to Tony for his character, and that became a new character in our relationship. That Like, oh, like we have brother shorthand, you know? Uh-huh. And so he'll, like come in tired at the end of the day and he'll be like i was just peeping all day <laughs> like working hard yeah <laughs> totally it's, i it's get like it it's like working super hard exasperated you know my boyfriend drew only knew him as pipe until they met in the flesh the other <laughs> really? day yeah <laughs> he was like oh pipe is in the house i'm me pipe <laughs> so only character he knew and then after that came tony maybe he'll meet johnny soon that's amazing yeah well i think you got to get to know him a little bit better the chone you don't really meet the chone. You just like notice the chone after Ooh. you already know him, and you're like, "Oh, that's the chone coming out." You know, that must be the chone. That's the chone. Like you'll, you know, I'm sure there are things that there are things you'll see where you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that's the chone." Total sure. chone. He's mostly chone. <laughs> Grown into the chone. Yeah, exactly. Dig it. But yeah, where were we? We were talking about. G-I-T-G-W-D-G. Yeah, you were telling me that the character was starting to evolve. Ah, uh, yes. But of course, yeah, she's my best self. Yeah. She's very entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's nice when you put on those hats, or that hat, and you can kind of, like, activate, like, certain sides, like the sides of yourself that you want mm -hmm. to be. It's not that it's, like, non-authentic or inauthentic, but you're like showing a window into a particular part of your personality that hopefully is entertaining or inspiring or, you know, worth watching. Yeah. I think I, I really like to be a performer. And so when I don't have a stage, I guess what I did is I made myself a stage so I can continue to ha like practice this animated side. I have an outlet, but also literally practice it so that right. when I go to the party, you and I have talked about how we assume the role of like an entertainer slash facilitator. Uh -huh. And sometimes it's a burden 
yep. to show up and be expected to be that like good energy kind of peacemaker captain of the conversation captain, ship. yep exactly mm -hmm. exactly and i'm proud of that i really am and a lot of it's it's a useful it also, quality it is useful i'm glad you said that because i was going to say it has afforded me a lot of successes in a lot of different ways like for example i'll bring our I'll definitely try and bring her out in an interview. Mm. Like I'll be my <laughs> professional self. Like yeah. I'm competent. I can do this. Right. I can be professional. But also, well, guarding in the garden with Didi in there. <laughs> they're like, oh, I like her. Right. right. You know that. That little but it's, extra it's, zazz. It is not unintentional. I know. It's funny. The other night we were hanging out on Juneteenth and I felt like I was like, I got into this zone where I felt like I was just like doing like sidewalk stand up for like all of like for the everybody yeah. yeah i just got in this headspace where i was just like riffing on everything uh -huh. trying to make a joke out of right every little like thing that happened and trying to keep everybody giggling mm -hmm. you know and whether that was i kind of didn't realize till later and it was like oh i really do like to be the comedian type mm -hmm. and it's hard to just you know the, the the mark of the professionals are the guys that can just go in or girls and just like turn it on without a couple drinks <laughs> yeah um and i think sometimes i'll go through phases in my life where i'll notice i'm like i'm on it yeah. i've got that little punchline to everybody else's sentence it right. just comes to me like i couldn't tell you how i do it and i'm laughing at my damn self right like, damn, you're flowing right. yeah. yeah but other times i'm like huh? <laughs> nothing comes and i can't manifest it if it's not just there yeah. i don't and i haven't really figured out what it is i don't know if it's my moon cycle or oh. <laughs> it, i don't know i wish it I think was it's, that predictable and yeah regular. it's not that short <laughs> it's more like a it's a six month hmm. to like a year span and then i'll be off for a little while like hmm. remember when i was funny <laughs> i wonder if that's gonna happen again <laughs> i feel like part of it is also one of the things that i've noticed really helps is if you have like one ally in the room mm -hmm. like how you were there so i was like Didi's my girl she's got my back like i know i can get Didi to laugh so you start to like perform to that person and yeah. then everyone else gets to like hop on the train for the ride but you right. got that like one friend where you have that connect or like maybe i don't make you laugh but i know that like i got that love and support like we yeah and we are i know the brand of humor that you're working with mm -hmm. so other people are like oh oh it's, it's a funny thing right yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> we're having fun oh, together it's a funny okay. thing. i want to do that yeah, that looks exactly. nice yeah and yeah know. i was thinking i was actually thinking about when uh when monty came in and you were like oh yeah i met this guy a few years ago <laughs> there's no way in hell that you had met him through me a few years ago i only met him a couple months ago right and I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about it, like in the shower, just like reflecting on stuff. And I was like, yeah, you and I do a good job of the save. Yeah, yeah. It's not that awkward. And I know you can handle yourself, yeah, right. but I think I, my like punchline for that one was, yeah, y'all probably just sold weed to one another at one point or right. another, even if it wasn't through me that you met. I've like, never ah, sold okay, weed next. ever. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> you know, barter, is that okay? I like to, uh, it's a handshake and a in hug. The, That's what I'm charging. In the figurative yeah. sense? No. The, uh, <laughs> My bad. No, no, all good. The, the, uh, it was funny when he came in because I was certain I had met him. And maybe it was just like through hearing you talk about him. Maybe there's a couple FaceTime moments where I was looking over a shoulder or something. 
but I was certain. I was like, yeah, I know this guy. And then he looked at me and he was like, I don't know you, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was just totally honest and quick about it. <laughs> and I kind of persisted a little too long. Come on, man. That's where the Give save. Give me a maybe. Yeah, like, it's a save. possibility. And he's like, nope, definitely yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Grab it. Our lemonade. So I'm, we're sitting on these benches uh, that we made by hand for our shout you out. You me have to pee. Showed out Bo and shout out Bo and Aria. Well, you can go pee right now if you want. Okay, I'll keep you talk talking. About lemonade. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about pee. these benches. Spilled the lemonade. It's really yeah. I just spilled. I made Dee Dee this uh, fresh pitcher of lemonade. We have this lemon tree that just perpetually fruits. I've lived here three years and it's never stopped fruiting. There's always a tree full of fruit, and uh, we just have that unlimited lemon hack. So. You know, trying to get my guests comfortable, be a good host, and I, uh, I made some homemade, fresh-picked brown sugar lemonade, and it's pretty good. And I was just fiddling around with this bench, and I just tipped over the pitcher, and now there's maybe a glass left. Um, but you know, I was talking about these these benches. Uh, this last summer, our good friends, shout out Bo and Aria, Bo Yay got married and uh kind of as like a you know gift we gifted our labor we all went out for a weekend and we're back and we're back with <laughs> getting in the garden with diddy and podcasting in the yard with hobart uh none of that is Wait, a the bart cast the bart cast are you gonna get a handle sorry i interrupted you from your conversation with yourself oh yeah i was just saying that that we uh my friends Bo and Arya got married last summer, and like we went up the like couple days before and helped build, you know, get the property ready. It was up on the Yuba River, and we built all these tables. No way! Someone did. I didn't build them, but oh. Tony helped. So we built all these like it. really nice picnic tables by hand, uh, but they're like held together largely by nails. So, you know, you pull on one, next thing you know, a plane comes up, you spill all your lemonade. Yeah. But there's still one. This is probably the best glass in the whole picture that's left. At the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's, it's that brown sugar stuff. So, mm. um, but yeah, handle. What were you? You had a question for me. Are you gonna have you? You think you're gonna have a handle? Or what? If, what is the word that I'm looking for? What's? And we're back with getting in the garden mm. with Didi. What is that? That's. I a, mean, like a slogan or. A sl- yeah. Or like a lot, like what you used it a good term earlier. Because it's not, it's not just like a a written sentence. Catchphrase. It's a catchphrase. Catchphrase. Well, I don't know if I have enough. Like, I kind of feel like part of it is like I'm still still so early at this that I don't quite have like the audience to. Sometimes, like the catchphrase is like what the audience really responds to. That's true. But I do start all of my intros off saying like. Hey, hey, all you beautiful people out there. That's kind of my way that I start. Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, I guess that could be one in so much as I, that I have one. And I like your two rules. Fun and easy, baby. In fact, I was going to say, going back to the fun and easy rules one and two, I, um, I, I, I am blanking (laughs) on the word. I dipped out on you our first time around trying to do the podcast oh sure well no no i'll keep that for later <laughs> i was gonna say something but no yeah, i'm gonna keep yeah, it to myself yeah. 
Um, but then you let me know. And I think it was my perfectionist that was mm -hmm. like, I can't summon the Guarding in the Garden with Didi girl. Yeah. And I really wanted, I was putting pressure on myself uh -huh. in order to be like the most interesting person. Right. And have all the energy. Mm -hmm. And I just the knew greatest I that. guest ever. I like, oh, I like her. <laughs> that again. Yeah, um, well, like I said, you know. And then you told me, you didn't tell me the rules, I don't think. But you were like, really, we're going to talk about whatever. Yeah. Maybe we'll start with gardening and we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And that helped. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's that's part of this whole process of doing this podcast is like, like the project I did right before this was the That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles cookie video with my brother. Loved it. We did one video and it was like very well received. Everyone was sending me texts. Like everyone was pumped. When's the next one? Mm -hmm. And then like a couple days later, he calls me up and he like, he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I got hella mad. We got in this fight. <laughs> really? I was just hurt because I was like, damn it. Like this shit works. Excited. Like this shit's working. Yeah. Like if it's hella fun. And, Why like, didn't he want to do it? He didn't want it to be his thing. Oh, and he, like, felt like putting himself out there and his image out there too much. It was going to be, like, the cookie guy. And I was like, okay. whoa, whoa, I think we're getting a little ahead of <laughs> yeah, ourselves here. Like, so. like, They didn't like it that much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we're not making Shakespeare here. It's a damn cookie review show. We did but. one YouTube channel right. and, like, our best friends dug it. Right, exactly. But, <laughs> now I'm know, the cookie guy. I think I was trying to do it a little more regularly that because that's, like, part of – <clears throat> what I'm trying to build into my life as a like creative professional is like, you know, there's something to be said about making like the perfect piece of content every six months. Mm -hmm. And then there's something to be said for making like good content every week mm -hmm. or passable or like, you know, passable content. And that's something I'm really trying to experiment with right now with this podcast is like my goal that I said is like record and release one a week. Mm-hmm doesn't matter if it's they're the best some of them i'm sure people don't like but someone might someday and for the thing that's most importantly is like i'm really enjoying doing it and it's making me better i'm getting quicker at it and like learning a lot and yeah you just got to start yeah that's totally. what i keep telling myself every year that yeah. i continue not to do a youtube channel mm -hmm. i was going to ask you what's your experience of listening to podcasts watching youtube in terms of like perfect content or right like what draws you to watching something do you follow anybody in particular regularly yeah What's that look like? that's a great question um i will say that i'm i've never caught the youtube bug mm. which i'm really thankful mm. for so addicted yeah i just love it something about it like i love like youtube i've used it for my own education like professionally mm -hmm. i taught myself how to edit videos and be a videographer all on youtube mm -hmm. it's been like priceless as an educational tool but i never get the urge to watch more than the video i looked at it just doesn't pull me in in that way so like that's how my relationship is with youtube but with podcasts i've been like a diehard listener for like seven years now i got in in probably i think 2013 like right when i moved to the east bay mm-hmm we were hanging out. I was living in that house on like 62nd. I am on 62nd again. But <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I but down in Emeryville. That. And I was going, I was working at this company called Ticketfly. 
Okay. And I was literally for like eight hours a day yeah. just stuffing <clears throat> tickets into envelopes that would get mm-hmm. shipped out to customers. Like if you bought a ticket online and you wanted the hard copies, I was that guy. I'd get you your tickets. <laughs> That's awesome. But it was like Thanks the most like menial, mind-numbing work. Uh-huh. And so that was really what got me into like audiobooks and podcasts. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I got like super into the Joe Rogan experience like back then. And was really listening at that time to almost everyone. And through his, like, and I think this is why he was such a, such a success, is, like, through his podcast, mm-hmm. I learned about, like, most of the ones that I now listen to pretty regularly. Because he has so many people on. Right. And it's such a great way to, like, discover culture and content. And he's a great interviewer. I like his judgment and his taste, so to speak. Too. Yeah. Like if Joe Rogan likes it, I'll check it out. Right. Except yeah. for music. He's got he's got terrible taste in music. <laughs> no, no. He, Sorry, Joe. I, I love the, the classic rock stuff that he likes. Uh-huh. Uh, it's amazing. And I am right there with him. But uh, um, let's just say we have our own differences in taste, which is good. Just like, you know, I get a lot of flack from my friends for like, Especially my brother makes fun of me all the time for like being a Rogan bro or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, look, there's a lot that he says that I don't agree with. And that's actually more comfortable to me than if I agreed with everything that he said. Then I'd be worried. For sure. Um, Makes you think. Yeah. And I get burnt out. Like there's times when I'll take months off from listening to it because I've just heard that voice too much. And Mm -hmm. luckily there's a million other podcasts out there with subtle little different flavors. And that's kind of what's cool about this is like, just how like musicians, like if you're a musician who's like really trying to create your own sound, you're drawing on all these inspirations, all these different artists out there that you've listened to in your life that have had an emotional effect on you. You can't unhear that. It goes into your music, whether you like it or not. And that's kind of how my approach to podcasting has been. Like I'm going to like pick and choose from these different shows that I like mm-hmm. and put together my own like alien hybrid Frankenstein of like the things that I like the most about different things and you know really keeping it open like the last episode we did was like a top 10 episode where we just did our top 10 favorite cartoons mm-hmm. great that that episode <laughs> writes itself easy peasy you know, super easy mm-hmm. and it doesn't and these are really easy for me too it's just a different kind of conversation but um that I makes d- me think of like the way that I use YouTube and like going back to the garden mm-hmm. I feel like gardening is one of those things. It's kind of like cooking where anybody who enters your kitchen is going to tell you you're doing something right or wrong. Right. And you're like, okay, if you, there's no such thing as doing something right or doing something wrong to an extent when it comes to cooking or gardening. Yes, there are laws of nature. Yeah. Literally. Right. You got to give it water and make sure it gets sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll watch a bunch of different I'll watch a bunch of different channels or people some of them I actually follow because I've learned that either they're good at explaining or they're entertaining and then that becomes part of my gardening in the garden with Didi gal right um and just figuring out oh this person says what's going on with my plant is a and that person says it's b or c or whatever and then figuring out that nobody really knows right. what the hell's going on most of what they're saying they've like just heard someone else say right <laughs> like i've got a weird thing going on in the garden it's called blossom drop blossom drop okay um my tomatoes 
are huge and beautiful and they keep making blossoms and then those blossoms dry up and drop off mm. at like that first there's like a, a finger digit there, it looks like an elbow and it always drops off at a particular I don't know what that part of the plant is called mm. and that's the other part of gardening in the garden with Didi I want it to be relatable and I want to let people know that I don't exactly know right. what I'm doing I just had an accent I don't I don't <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing out here um but like if I can do it you can do it that's what I like about it like if you were like the specific botanist show I might tune out tune out you right know? But it's like, I'm doing the best I can out here. I think that's the other thing that I like to bring to people is total transparency in terms of how I get my knowledge. Yeah. Like, I'll show up and be and say, I should research this. I just haven't. Uh There's an answer to this. And I should go on and stop talking to you guys about how I don't know what's going on. That's annoying. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I'll show up and be like, okay, yesterday I did a bunch of research on YouTube. And this one guy said, and then this other gal said. Mm -hmm. So blossom drop could be that it's been hot during the day and hot at night and if it's so over it's just hot if it's over 80 <laughs> degrees the chemicals in the plants will send a signal that says it's too hot we can't bear fruit drop your blossoms drop your blossoms and i really want someone to write like a song i was just rap. gonna say yeah yeah drop your blossoms drop your blossoms i know that's like a heightened jam right there or like dirty south vibe um or so when the uh, back to what's going on with these yeah blossoms that yeah. are dropping. Tell me about your blossoms. My blossom drop sitch. Uh, it could be that it's too hot during the day and it's too hot at night. Mm-hmm. And at night, just like how we sleep and we heal our body when we're sleeping, um, if the 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 plant is using all the nutrients it took out of the soil and it's turning it into sugars, and of course those sugars are going to go to making a sweet, sugary, delicious tomato for example but if it's not cold at night they don't go to sleep all the way and they don't have a uh, i take that part back talking out of my butt (laughs) i think they still sleep plants do sleep but they don't have a chance to convert those nutrients to sugar gotcha so that could be one of the issues the other issue could be that there's not enough calcium in the soil Mm. and i am trying to figure out how to fertilize correctly but i did some more research and eggshells take like a year to break down so i did the eggshell thing Mm -hmm. but it'll be a year i'm not gonna get the tomatoes aren't gonna bounce back from that but another thing you can do is oh i think i told you this uh, at the juneteenth um, barbecue i put pieces of chalk white chalk that you use like a teacher uses back in the day calcium carbonate because it's straight calcium carbonate exactly and anyway so i did that a few days ago blossoms are still dropping I bet you if you crushed up the eggshells. I did. I put them in the blender, okay. and then I soaked them in water. I saw another thing on YouTube that said soak them in vinegar hmm. to, like, release the calcium. I don't know. And then pour oh. it in. Okay. I'm at the point where I've done so many things that I'm I'm afraid I'm going to – I can't control for, like, I don't know what's working and what if something else starts to happen because right. I overdid something. Too many variables in play. Yeah, so – I might just have beautiful tomato plants with no tomatoes. Well, my tomatoes are looking pretty scrawny over there. You got tomatoes over there? I got them at I the... I see kale. There's a couple little guys in there. I, have, I need to transplant them. Oh, I, I think got I them see from one. The, uh, 
<clears throat> Wagani to school food bank. Shout out John Kaufman hooked me up. Hey, John Kaufman. Yeah. Everybody's favorite teacher. Oh, yeah, he's the best. Uh, but me and my brother are planning on this Saturday to put in a huge fatty garden bed. Where? Right back there, that wall behind me. That, that like We're taking out that big bush and we're going to put Hell yeah. you know, a big like four by eight bed in there. And then I'm going to transplant. How's the light over there since you have the shed? Oh, it's 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 like what's the word I'm looking for? Adequate. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get a little good. bit there's, of direct sunlight. Yeah. Yeah, there the is. Day. And there's that potato tree will give us a little bit of shade for the shadier plants. Potato tree? I know. It, it's like that's what it's called. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't grow potatoes. <laughs> that's not how that works. You know, I got blossom drop on my potato tree. That <laughs> keep trying to well, get the flowers to turn into potatoes, but they just keep <laughs> dropping off the branch. Uh, I've been doing some research myself. <laughs> Uh, online about it but uh, yeah I was one thing that came up for me was like and you can echo this or mm. throw it back at me if you don't feel like this is the way it is but I feel like for you with your with your gardening thing it's almost mm. like the gardening is like the vessel that like the container mm. that you use to like fill to like shape your character it's like the vehicle like you want to perform the gardening is like the vehicle that you that like drives the show, and then you get to do whatever you want. But you have like, like a reason for being there, like a nice like structure, like mm-hmm. outline. And then you can fill in with like raw creativity, and like do whatever kind of character stuff, however goofy you want to be, mm-hmm. however serious you want to be, however scientific you want to be. But you have this like nice platform that you've designed, so that you can like, you know. It's not just like, oh, I'm on the camera. What do I say? Who am mm-hmm. I? What am I doing? You know? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not totally sure if I understand. If I relate to the vehicle part of it, right. I, I think of it a little bit more of a canvas. There you go. I'm, every year I do something a little bit different. Yeah. I, I figure out what I like to grow and what I don't like to grow. Like, I like to grow um, radishes, but I hate radishes. So I just grow them. Yeah. I was supposed to give you my radishes. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I did not bring them over, and they just rotted in the ground. Rot- rotten radishes. Maybe that'll be my catchphrase. No. Rotten radishes. <laughs> my bad. Um, it's also I was, one of the things, you know, I definitely I tried to think of some uh, topics of conversations about the garden for this. Yeah. Um, but the therapeutic aspect. Mm. That's been amazing. And... One of the things that I like about it is I feel like today, you know, the Instagram stories are kind of like this also, but today I feel like there's not very many things, at least in my life, where I get to see the direct effect of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, weeding, like bef- when I'm getting the beds ready. Yeah, totally. Pour, fill me up. I'll top you off. Keep, keep going, though. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when I'm weeding... I'll be all hunched over and I'll start to sweat and I'm ripping all the weeds out of the ground. And then I'll look behind me after a half an hour and be like, damn, that's awesome. Look at that. It looks amazing. I just did that. Right. It only took a half an hour of my day. Like I could have been on fucking YouTube or something like right. that for the last half hour <clears throat> or scrolling through Instagram, just devil tapping shit. I've lost so much time doing that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it's therapeutic in that way and that it's, I guess, empowering. And then the other thing that I really like is it helps with my patients because, again, with all this social media and and everything with technology, p- 
patience is also something that I think I see in the younger generation and it makes perfect sense that it's just harder and harder to practice and yeah um, the real value of it like for example my I'm just gonna blast him my boyfriend Drew who's eight years younger than me um, he his issue in the garden is patient <laughs> and I've learned that like <clears throat> I can meet him halfway. Like he wants to rip something out of the ground because something's not happening, and he's <laughs> he's determined it's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll have that conversation with him, and it'll it'll get him to tomorrow, and then he'll be like, okay, let's rip it out of the ground. And again, I'll have that yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. and then a week will go by, and we'll have had that conversation every day just uh-huh. to keep him from ripping it out today. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, we'll we'll reflect, and It'll I'll take back. pictures. Yeah, yeah. like look. It is starting yeah, to happen. Yeah. If you let it go for a week, like if we, if we plant a seed and it doesn't come up in 14 days, mm-hmm. and we, we're starting to want to just dump it out and see what's going on with that seed, but that seed just I takes... I did that to my roommate's loquat, but I, you know... Oopsie-daisy. Yeah, I don't think she was too happy. I apologized. Because <laughs> like, it wasn't coming up, and I was like, <laughs> I got to put a weed plant in this bucket because my weed plants right. need to be transplanted, and I was like... This loquat ain't going to grow. It's dead. It's not going to happen. And then she was like, did you just like dump out my loquat? And I was like, it wasn't growing. She's like, made it's an only executive been decision. Like, I was like, I swear it's been a month. She's like, I've only lived here for like three weeks. Right. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but it, it's, it's like <clears throat> the garden is like uh, you're like taking your attention span for a workout, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I totally feel that I there's been a couple times in my life when I've been like in these like deep transitional stages where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm not like that stoked on where Hobart is right now. Mm-hmm. Time to do a rebuild and like, you know, it's a tearing down rebuilding process. And I've kind of been in one of those for the last year, but like the last one of those I went in was like three, four years ago. Yeah. And you know, shout out my mom. Shout out Annie. You know, put her wisdom down for me and was like, you should start a garden. You're trying to plant all these seeds figuratively. Maybe right. you should plant some literal ones. Mm-hmm. And it, it totally became this like living metaphor for what I was trying to do and bring about in my life, like in the physical sense. And by going down every day and watering and tending and having that silence and that space, it like bled into my normal life and it was this like meditative practice and you know mm-hmm. now I've got my little things going and little projects in the garden and in life and I don't think of it as much of like a big thing that I'm doing to have a garden it's just like one of the many little like right you know, people are gadgets. really impressed by it but <laughs> at this point I'm like oh yeah I guess I guess I have built it up yeah. but it's just one little thing like once a week well, people come and in and they're water. like, they're like, oh, you got your shit together enough to keep things alive? Right. Like, you're doing pretty good, you know? Like, <laughs> I guess they try it. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> and a lot of stuff dies. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I fail at a lot of it, and I don't know why. I'm like, okay, I'll just plant something else. But even in that, there's That's, a lesson. Yeah, exactly. The garden. The like, you don't see, all, yeah, you don't see all my failures. You see my successes, and maybe that's intimidating. You think that's all I have, but. I mean, that's how art is in a lot of ways, you know, mm-hmm. so the artist, you know, burns the the piece that they hate. But like, you know, a lot of people, 
I, I almost feel like as artists, like there is this interesting, like dueling force scenario at play where it's like, you have to like keep that voice. That's like your self judger. Mm-hmm. Like you can't like just not listen to it at all. Cause then you're going to be putting out some, you know, I mean, you can, that's just another option. Right. Yeah. Your, your art will evolve in a different totally, way. Totally. Yeah. But a lot of the, like a lot of the, like, I guess, quote unquote, successful artists that I've mm-hmm. talked to and had the pleasure of knowing do have this very acute, like critical eye mm-hmm. that is like totally something in their lives. They have to keep in balance. And I really, I think you also enjoy the feeling of progress. Right. Right. Like being, I enjoy being critical of myself. Well, you come to love that voice because you see that it's a protective thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then, but the other side of it is then you have to know when to like turn that voice off so you can just get raw and goofy Mm -hmm. and not judge anything that's coming out. Especially if nothing's coming out. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe you don't like put everything out there, but that's where that voice comes back in to protect you. That's like, all right, I want to be represented by my art in such and such a way. So I'm going to do like, there is going to be some sort of like curation process, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. Everybody has to decide what that looks like for themselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just to play on the garden metaphor, it's like, if you got some people coming over, you might prune off those dead leaves Mm -hmm. or not, you know? Depending on what kind of garden you're trying to display. Every year, it's natural that I've got more and more people paying attention to my little Instagram story thing that I do. Um, G-I-T-G-W-D-D. Is it a seasonal thing? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's seasonal more in terms of my mood. Mm -hmm. Like, I I continue to garden usually during the winter and the fall, and I'm doing... Um, you know, kale and beets and things that don't need as much sun and a lot more herbs. Um, but I usually just, I, I, I die out. I, I just want to break. I just don't go out there and do it. Oh, and it's, if it's raining and it's cold, I don't want to be outside. Right. That's the other thing that's going on. So I don't want to be out there with my camera for, or my phone for 30 to 45 minutes. Right. Um, what was I going to say? Read my mind. I didn't even give so you like a you taste of what I was going to say. Uh, so I interrupted you and asked if it was seasonal. You were talking about. What were you talking about? I was talking about how we ha- we all have this like critical eye. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was saying that. Oh, so it's natural that I've got more people following me. And I'm known for Gardening in the Garden with Didi more this year be- just because I've been doing it for three years now. But a little secret. This is the worst garden I've ever done. <laughs> Nothing is working the way. Like, I'm just saying that things work, and then they're obviously not working. I don't know if my audience has that critical eye. Like, she's talking out of her ass. She's, and I feel bad because I'm kind of, I feel I would judge somebody who talks like they know what they're talking about, but it's really apparent that they don't. Yeah. Like, you just got to do this, guys, and this is how you do that, and da-da-da-da, and right. nothing is panning out. <laughs> I'm fully aware of that, but I'm trying to be positive. Well, here's a question. How many of your, how much of your audience do you think is gardening along with you? Um, I have gotten more feedback on that this year than mm-hmm. ever. I have a number of people from high school who have reached out and said, I just started I just planted something 
Shout out Matt Milky. Shout out Matt. I don't think he's actually (laughs) Matt Milky. I don't think he's actually planted a garden, but he is an avid fan. Awesome. Oh yes. We all need Matt Milky's in our story. He's a yes. He's he's a great follower. Thank you, bro. Um, if he doesn't follow me, I'm like, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Or if he doesn't watch me one day, what's going on with Matt? Um, Sierra Figueroa from high school. Holla. Holla Cece. Um, blended by Cece. She she does hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been fun to like watch everybody else grow up and like hone their crafts. Do their things. Yeah, little tangent. But also, my friend Lasan actually came by and was like, took some of the squash and I think a, a couple other plants that I had no mm-hmm. room to actually put into a bigger pot or whatever. I had planted them in small pots and I just gave them to him. And he gives me, he sends me photos of them every once in a while. He's grown them inside. I doubt they'll be super successful, but he's doing it. And it's COVID right now. Um, and with George Floyd and the racial revolution, whatever this is turning into right now, there's so much stress. And so I guess I'll, I'll dive into that for a second. Um, one, I'm glad that it is something that people are looking to for like a break from all the tension and something right. else to think about, kind of a relaxation. Oh, I'll go... Um, pay attention to gardening in the garden with Dee Dee and this like animated girl who isn't talking about what's going on right outside. Um, and then I, I also don't want, you know, being a white identifying person, I also don't want to uh, be somebody who's not also talking openly. If I use my this little platform, social media, to talk about gardening, I also definitely want to be talking about and spreading information about uh social justice and police reform or destruction or whatever we're gonna do with that um that would be another podcast (laughs) um but i do like i've been trying to find a balance yeah where and in fact like have one kind of feed the other like if i i've got somebody who will watch my gardening in the garden with Didi. Then in the middle of it or at the end of it, I want to tack on some, Mm -hmm. you know, you can here's here's the latest information about what's going on. Like when the lynchings started happening, I wanted everybody to know exactly what was going on, especially because it was going on in California. And that was really scary. Um, Or or I think I did one on don't go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's because Home Depot is right. Home Depot just gave like seven million dollars to Trump. And the CEO of Lowe's, which is a Fortune 500 company and has the only black CEO of a Fortune 500 um, who is also donating to small black businesses to keep them alive through the pandemic. Um, I go to I go to Ace's Hardware for the record. We got a little neighborhood shop a couple blocks from here. I think I've got it. And they're super friendly. Or yeah, it would be the same. Local community business. I mean, there's a lot like there's like the one up on coal or coal on college. There's a couple like there's one on small mom and pop spots in the neighborhood. Yeah, I looked up Lowe's. There's the only the closest one is in San Francisco. Yeah, like well, shit. But I don't. Okay, so I'm I'm just all over the place right now. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a a web. Um. I I also have been noticing other people posting about their gardens and I'm sure plenty I'm not the only brilliant person who's like getting in the garden more often because I'm sheltering in place mm-hmm. 
but I would like to think <laughs> that maybe my like uh, putting my promoting my garden helps other people be like, oh yeah, I have a garden too. Right. I'll show people my little squash right. or whatever I got. Exactly. Um, and then I had a friend who posted a picture of her Lowe's receipt. Nice. And I was like, I wonder. She right. didn't give me a shout out or anything, right. but right. I was like, I've, I told myself, me? I told myself me? I had an influence. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. No, I think Everything you do. I think that the way that you do it, to me, feels like you do keep that balance well. You know, someone that follows you for your gardening in the garden videos is also going to get posts, like you just said, that are more educational and that mm-hmm. are seeking to, like, normalize this culture of, like, resistance and, uh, you know, education and and. and conversation on these topics and it's I, I don't think you're like I think that the tack you're taking is smart that like you you keep those like almost I don't know how much you talk about it on your gardening shows but it seems like you kind of keep them separate in a way but it's in the same yeah. channel so like you're going to be getting both of them and someone who's not like up for diving into the heavy stuff can skip through and get to the gardening stuff. Right. Or someone that wants that can also, you know, have that their space for that as well. Yeah. I think, you know, everybody needs a balance. Yeah. So for, for whichever reason you're logging on, mm-hmm. that's my little influence. Hell yeah. Yeah. What's the hardest thing to garden that you've had to try to garden? weed <laughs> really i, I don't like ever talk about easiest. the fact that i'm growing weed i feel like that's the e- i know you're always your videos are always like flash them in the corner but they're right. like when you're talking about plants that's always the one that never gets I makes the and, cut you know yeah, i try and like dodge have the camera kind of dodge right. the weed plants they're pretty big at this point um well it was funny for me being in your garden the other night and this very knowledgeable young man was laying Bajan. out shout out Bajan was laying out so much good truth about like all the everything from the soil to the watering to the you know this to the that and me and tony were kind of looking at each other and we were just kind of like yeah but this is the backyard boogie right like like um, i you know i I told you this but like my he grows on like an industrial level right and and that makes a lot of sense if you're growing for maximal yield and Mm -hmm. and money you know trying to like do it as a business mm-hmm. um, I, and I worked in the industry and definitely interacted with a lot of genius like weed geniuses right uh, but me personally like I kind of, of um, I'm of the philosophy that like the vibe that you put into your plants really determines the high and I'm trying to grow that weed that's like not paranoid right. feeling stuff so like for me it's just like water sunshine love and some jams, you know? <laughs> and, like, yeah, I choose good soil. I put, like, you know, all organic, and I try to, like, use my own compost. I like to, like, have be touching every part, as much parts mm-hmm. of the cycle as I can. But, like, I'm not going to, like, pH balance things yeah. or, you know. I'd rather line it. That, like, wait. stress energy, I feel like, can get into the plant. And I'm, I worked for this guy years ago, and he was so put so much energy into every little variable mm-hmm. and I couldn't even smoke his weed after we harvested it because it would oh, just make me like yeah. hella stressed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's my little. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally think that it comes out in how the weed smokes. One of the, okay. I have, um, 
speaking of energy and the and the garden I have a topic and I kind of want you to ask me questions to figure something out that I haven't figured out cool Let's so the my drew I'm not going to say my boyfriend, Drew, from here on out. I'm just going to say Drew. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Drew is her boyfriend unless we specify otherwise. Drewski, Brewski, YPK. Um, So he has enjoyed being a part of the garden and, you know, planning his own stuff and taking a little bit of ownership of it as well. And so it's been also therapeutic for him. But more recently, it's also where we have our not just where location wise but like we have our biggest fights about the garden <laughs> okay and we're kind of i don't know if you picked up on that the other night like Bijan was saying oh you should do this you shouldn't do that or he was kind of critiquing the garden like these guys are too close to each other uh-huh. whatever it is and then drew was very humbly and it definitely felt good for me was saying like oh yeah Didi told me to do that or not to do that and that was my like. Thank you for not making me say I told you so. Oh, she was. Va- he was validating. He me. was totally validating because I had been like those. These are the rules of nature. I swear, we had this conversation, and we agreed. Yeah. We verbally <laughs> confirmed that. Why <laughs> did you? Why'd you do that? Uh huh. And we can't undo that. Like we're gonna stress the plants out and here i am like trip we've had some of our blow out fights Mm. about the garden and like whether or not we're on the same page and i think some of it is i've been at that house for eight years and he's been there for a year and a half with me Mm -hmm. and so i still am like every once in a while i'll throw it in his face that this shit is mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, right (laughs) oh yeah the power struggle do you think sometimes like garden because the garden is such a like you know quote unquote neutral safe space that then like it, it can become a well to... it can become like a safe proxy for like talking about things that are a little scarier or bigger deals in the relationship itself like you argue about the tomato plants so that you don't have to argue oh, about Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Right. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like why are we arguing about the dishes? We have way deeper problems. But right. our dishes argument is our is the garden argument. Right. It's like so the I, or I like the, the Bradzilla, <laughs> you know, the Bradzilla or Groomzilla factor where it's like every little the napkins are are rectangles. Right. I specified squares and it's like you're, you're just freaking out because you're about to marry someone forever. Right. Exactly. You know, and like, you're afraid you might be making the wrong choice right, or something. Right. There, um, I think that it is. I think a lot of the time it's not what's going on in the garden. And later I'll be like, whatever he did, like, did not fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more the communication. And I'm like, are we on the same page? Like, mm-hmm. is this person and I able to communicate in the way that I want to be able to communicate in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm a really direct communicator. So if I say, Hobie, A, confirm yes or no. You say (laughs) A, confirmed. I'm like, cool. Now we can move on to B, whatever it is. And so we're out there talking about, like, for example, we were trying to do a water every other day for some of our plants. So that they would get a little dehydrated, and then when we put water in it, they'd be like, <laughs> and they grow a lot. That's I don't know. So That's the sound they make for you know. They actually make that sound, folks. If you're wondering, 
You get it. Yeah. I'm painting a picture with my sounds. Uh-huh. Um, and so so we confirmed that. And and we watered that night. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we went and watered. And I was like, what the? F-? <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. Did we or did we not? You know, I'm out there like, A, confirm A. <laughs> confirm that we confirmed A yesterday. Uh. Oh, my God. And then I feel so bad. And, really? I, and not just for like, he does not deserve to be talked to like that. And he yeah. like, yeah, he went against what we. Oh, and I make him confirm that he made a bad choice. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know what that just put in my head, which mm. is it sounds to me, you know, as with so many things in my life, I'm coming to learn and that I have to keep relearning this lesson. That often those things that are the most intense, mm-hmm. like that are the hardest for us to process and get through, it's like, at least me personally, in my experience, like humor is the best remedy for. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost seeing like we got a new character, the Garden Tyrant, yeah. you know, and that you make like a video together where you're days. like, you're like, Drew, what the fuck? I told you to plant the tomatoes over there. And like, you know, like. It was like recently I heard that Ellen DeGeneres, DeGeneres is a total bitch. Okay. Like, what? I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, when, when somebody's a little too perfect. Right. And then you hear that there's That's a what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. there's so much stress and pressure really, to be I'm like, like verbally squeaky clean. my boyfriend in the garden. I don't trust the squeaky clean types. Right. Because mm-hmm. we've all got our like stink and we've all got the skeletons in our closet. And mm-hmm. We've all. No, you know, no one is without the darkness and the people that it's try to hard their dar- hide their darkness. Yeah. It's kind of freaked me out a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, you know, I I, I got this great uh, I got this great tool from my coach that I've been working with. And it's like thinking about like these voices that come up in your head as mm-hmm. being like a village and each of them oh, like that. having like each of these voices is part of you mm-hmm. and not one of them is all of you, but they're like parts that come up and that they're valid. And that like, mm-hmm. we might be like, Oh, I fucking hate that voice, but there's actually wisdom there and it's trying to do something or tell you something. And, you know, so giving the voices names allows you to a, like identify when you're speaking with that voice mm-hmm. in this case, you know, right. You pick a name. That's like, what I like to do is pick a name. That's funny. Because then it kind of automatically defuses it. So right. whether it's like... Makes it easier to talk the about. The Garden Tyrant or the Ogress or the right. whatever. Ogress. Something that like when you think about it, you kind of go, ha you know? I think, I think you said Garden Tyrant. That's probably what I right. would continue it, to call her in Because my then you look at yourself and you're like, I'm kind oh, of... there she is. Man, man, man. Yeah. I said pick water the plants yesterday. And right. I said, it's know? not going to kill the plants. Like you watered you, them two days ago. Right. Oh my gosh. So you're already laughing at yourself. Mm-hmm. So then like you're already kind of out of the cycle of getting mad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to identify, you know, there's, a, you know, I haven't learned it. I'm speaking like this as if I'm an expert. I'm still learning this stuff too. So if I, it's a good tool. if I, uh, if I'm not making any sense, <laughs> forgive me. But uh, another, you know, you, it's like you're identifying all these archetypes in your head. So you find like the other one that I've been doing a lot of work with is called the sage. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's called the fire wizard, you know, okay. for personal reasons. The fire wizard. But that's who I, I look it. to when I need to, like, remind myself that, like, I am wise and I do have a guiding voice that, like, there are moments in life when I'm like, 
in the flow state and I'm like totally can accept anything. Nothing can shake me. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see in this big, big heart, big mind way. Not always there. Is that the fire wizard? That's when I call him. Yeah, that's the fire wizard represents that state. So I've built like this symbol. Yeah. Okay. I've built this symbol in my head Mm -hmm. and like that symbol, I could say it to you and you might get other images, but I have a very specific image of what that symbol represents in my mind so that when I'm in this dark spot where I'm like, you know, when, when maybe one of these other voices is holding sway in the court of my mind, I can like call on the fire wizard to come and like, you know, Oh, that's interesting. You yeah. can draw power. For, you're like building these like little feedbacks in your mind. You know, does it work every time? Maybe not. Right. Is it something that's interesting to talk about and think about? Yeah. And, and it has helped me a lot in my life. I like that. Even if you're kind of putting on this hat in an, a slightly inauthentic way, but you're trying to influence yourself with another part of yourself. Exactly. And here's the important part. It's got to be funny. Like Why whole, does it got to... Do they all have to be funny? No. I mean, no, no, none of them has to be anything. I'm saying for right, me, right, right, right. like, if I can get to a point where it's goofy and silly and funny, then that's where I'm going to want to go with it. I see, I see. Because that, to me, is like... No matter where you are, it sounds like the the funny, the little piece of funny that is... It, it sounds like a part of all your different characters... The humor is, is the coping that mechanism can, that helps me. Can like, bridge, yeah, yeah, or, like, help you connect. Yeah, I think I would use humor some of the times, but other times I can get into a place where I... Humor is actually scary. Like, this is too serious. Stop fucking around. Right. Right. And <laughs> that's where. That's why I think you need to do just more mushrooms, I think, in <laughs> Okay. I, cause, I don't know. It's been a while since I've when, done when I get there, I'm, I'm when I You're get to that place where it's like, where I'm like, this is too, recently. I'm like, this is too serious. And I'm like, but I'm going to die. There's never, yeah. And the universe is going to end and the it's sun's going to burn man. out. And like, that's what cures that voice for me is like remembering that like, I'm a little like booger in some giant's nose somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And that like, all of this we see is just, everything changes and it is like weird i tap into like the psychedelic sense and yeah i still will be a dick to my brother and i'll still like (laughs) you know it's not like i'm this perfect zen out person Mm -hmm. but in those moments where i can laugh at like my own stink and my own like schmuckiness well that then i can bring back in that Mm self-love because the laughter about it's like yeah you you're all angry, but you ain't shit. Like, you're getting all, like, you feel like you're so right. And I tell that to myself. I'm like, you feel like you're so right, that this is the most righteous anger you've ever worked up. And then you're like, but you might not be. And what is this energy really serving, you know? What What is it, you know? I don't know. I'm a hippie weirdo from the North Bay. This is the Hobart take, you know? Like, I just... Uh, yeah, it helps me in my life. I was using the uh, the remind remind myself that we're all totally forgettable. And like, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna die, and maybe people will remember us for like two generations. Then after that, well, forever now, the robot mind never yeah, forgets. Yeah, shit. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I wonder um, if people are going to start putting in their like will and testaments, like hmm. delete my Facebook. Yeah. Like, delete I think all my there, data. I think there is like stuff a, like that. Like a DA. D- like for DA, example, artists are saying when. Uh, <laughs> a damned. D-A-M-D. Delete I, all my data. Delete all my, yeah. Social media shit. Oh, he's got a damned clause. You know how when, <laughs> I forget what uh, music festival of it, festival it was, but they did a uh, fill in the blank of Tupac. Oh, the Tupac hologram? Hologram, thank you. Yeah. And now, I think Prince put in his will, don't you do no fucking holograms okay. of me. So there I think no artists are, yeah, uh-uh. right. right. And I, I wonder if Michael Jackson had something to say about all the unreleased recordings that they came out with mm. after he died. Huh. If that was something he wanted or right. hadn't thought about. And later they were like, let's cash in a little bit more. And it's totally up to the like estate and trust of these individuals. But also, there's no way to delete it all. Like I can right. screen record whatever the hell I want, and it's yeah. on my phone. You can't come. From, there's no. It's true. At least at this point, there's no way of tracking that down. As hard as I try, words with friends has a lifetime of toilet. What talk conversation? Like words with friends keeps coming back for you. No, just I've like talk to people on the toilet through the chat option on words of friends <laughs> many times and you know i might delete my account but i don't have any illusions of doubt that that data is in some server somewhere yeah, yeah everything you know? is somewhere now i've i've got an alexa i know i'm i'm always freaked uh, out going to your house the other day uh drew and i were talking about assassinating trump i was like why the hell has somebody not taken one for the team and right at least tried to kill this man. Right. And all of a sudden, we noticed that the little Alexa had the blue ring on, oh. like she was listening. She didn't go, or anything to say, like, what was that? Like, yeah, she yeah, yeah. misinterpreted something we said as Alexa. She was just listening. Like Patriot mode. And we just froze. What if the light? We were like, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. I hereby. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been especially fucked up, though, if instead of blue, it was like alternating red, white, and blue as it was circling? Weird. <laughs> Patriot mode engaged. Listening, yeah. listening. I know I had that on my phone with the Siri, and it would just creep me out because it'd be like, da 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 da. like, man, I wasn't say, talking to you. I'm not part of this conversation. Like, or like uh, when you leave the, you accidentally press the chat record, and then it's like transcribing everything right. you're saying. You know, and almost like, text it to somebody, and of right. course that always happens when you're talking shit about somebody. Oh, it's always. Yeah, and, you know, as I'm sure many people are aware, like the, you know, how often are you talking about some specific product and then it ends up in your ads the next day? Yeah, I have that. Like, I I was having a conversation a year ago in my room where there's an Alexa about how, I've got one of everything in my house. That's the kind of hoarder I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you need something, don't go buy it. Ask me if I have it first. (laughs) I'll loan it to you. Um, Hoarding in the home with Dee Dee? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I was saying how one of the only things I didn't have was a a vegetable peeler. Mm. And then I went onto my Amazon app the next day and it was like, cheap peelers. (laughs) And I bought it. Hey, you know, I have a peeler. There you go. The, uh, (laughs) apparently, right. I keep getting ads, even though I don't own an Alexa, that there's like a loss class action lawsuit for illegal recording that you might be entitled to money for. And I don't get that because I don't do recording. You do all this recording in your life. I know. I don't know why I get it because I'm not a 
an owner, but you should but be aware. You have conversations. You should be aware that you might be entitled to money. For for what? If you've owned an Alexa, like someone won a court decision against Amazon, and now they're paying out. Interesting. You know, who knows how much? But you know, go Google it. Maybe you're. Maybe they've broke some law and recording you. And maybe you know. But that's the thing is, I kind of feel like sounds like a lot of work. we're all being recorded. Yeah. So it's like, look, like maybe my phone's like recorded me masturbating at some time. In oh, for sure. I'm like, but everyone probably has a video out there. If, right. if they're, if that's what they do, what these devices do, like, you know, somewhere out there is like a server that's just people getting down. Oh you yeah, know, like on like, the like the dark web or something like that. Tap into on the light web on just the you know <laughs> just someone's you know like compiling DD every data. night at eight o'clock. <laughs> right, and I'm like, okay, you want to watch me? But like, if we're really being honest, this is something we all do. So why should I feel ashamed about it? Why should I be embarrassed about it? I mean, what because you see it? You make so much money on that. That's I, brilliant. In fact, what recording people? Yeah, to just like figure out who either chronically masturbates or masturbates <laughs> on a schedule yeah. and then tap it, hack those phones or whatever device they have available yeah. and then stream it to people who will pay you for it. It's a hundred percent profit. There you go. But it, but isn't that already, they have like that site called uh chatterbait, which is that except <laughs> people are doing it with consent. Yeah. Where you, they just watch you masturbate. I had roommates. That, there was this couple like years ago, and they used to do that as like a kink. They'd like broadcast their themselves getting getting it on to the to the internet. What are they? It's a website where like people they just would go live. It's just a cam site where yeah. people get down. Right. Yeah, but they would do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know totally. that's what that's my thought is like there's already like so many people that are just voluntarily right probably putting on a better show than I am. But maybe there's something about <laughs> there's this is an interesting rabbit hole we're going yeah, down. Going in the going in the um, I'm sure some people like the idea of the fact that you don't know that they're watching. That's its own thing. Oh, the voyeurism aspect of it. Right. right. It's could that could be a black mirror coming out next season. You never know. Yeah, yeah, we need some more black mirror up in here. The uh, have you watched uh, Love, Death, and Robots? No. It's like. Black Mirror. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. It's like Black Mirror. <laughs> but um, it's animated. And they're shorter. Okay. And they're all totally unrelated from each other. And all the different... Every episode is a different kind of animation. Hmm. So there's like stop motion. There's anime. There's... Interesting. Yeah. It's different artists. And they're all like dark technology related. In, in I know. Theme. That stuff gets me so stressed. I get like, but you love it too, right? Like, you just do like a couple at a time. Kind of like I watch Black Mirror because I feel like I kind of have to. Like it's my duty. <laughs> As a, just to like, they get it right. A Netflix so often, just to, I don't know. As somebody who Maybe likes to like talk perverse, to people about like, shit, masochistic thing. Mm. No, with Black Mirror, I have to watch it with someone because part of the like processing of it is to like talk about it afterwards and be like whoa right yeah it's just me i'm like "Ah, ah," i feel it i feel it gotta put on some star trek to come back down you know uh but uh but yeah there's this show on hbo called year after year 
that my aunt turned me on to. I think you told me about this. And it's like black for anyone that's like total black mirror junkie. This is like, I love the dark. Shit. Yeah, so this is like it's it's yeah, set yeah, in. Okay. It's either set in 2020 or 2024. Will you text that to me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now. Right now. <laughs> sure. Um, it's forget. set in. I'm about to be done with Hannibal. Oh. Oh my god, you guys like dark shit watch Hannibal it's delicious it's exquisite but yeah it's set like in I think it's either 2020 or 2024 and it's like follows this family in in London like middle class normal family Mm -hmm. trying to navigate all the forces that start happening like environmental stuff Mm. Trump nukes China in the first episode oh yeah like there's like today there's like trans humans that like like one of the daughters decides that she's transhuman spoiler alert sorry I'm giving away a bunch here but you can go watch it um like trans like she's like kind of reclusive and then her parents call her in and they have this talk they're like look She's not totally She's like, I'm human. trans. And they're like, that's great. Like, whatever you want to be is fine with us. You know? Right. Like, if you feel like a... what does she mean? She doesn't mean... Man or a woman. And she's like, no. Right. I'm not transsexual. I'm transhuman. She wants to be, like, uploaded into the mainframe. Oh. And wants to, like, turn into ones right. and zeros. So, oh. like, it's just, like, exploring technology and this... But it's, like, so plausible and so stressful mm-hmm. that, like... I had to stop like creepy. three or four episodes in because I was getting yeah. real bad anxiety. Okay. And I was oh, like, I want to see what my yeah. experience is, and I'll let yeah. you know. If, I, if like by it's by intense. episode three, I'm pulling away or like yes, dive in both uh-huh. feet. But the thing is, is like, what's happened this year? Uh-huh. It's not like anything on that show is any more intense than what we've right. already had happen since January. Like, yeah, we're living in January a fucking Black Mary episode right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, this shit is crazy like i have to talk to you in my yard yeah i mean i love it it's nice out here but like nice. you know there's people right now that would be like pulling out the yard stick and like mm, they're actually four feet and 17 inches apart you know <laughs> like yeah the judgment man that's what gets me i yeah. just i don't i don't what is it about what is that voice in people's head that makes them want to like a judge and b like like try to like rectify other people's behavior like that like you're doing it I mean, wrong fear. you need to do it this way yeah but it's, i don't really think it's, it's from a place like a of fear yeah it's more of like this kind of like like i get the fear and i get you know when people are talking to you out of stress right like i can there's compassion there for that i understand but like the like casual i think a lot of people's fear manifests as like a control yeah, issue lack of too, control. and then and a lot that can be frustrating because, in my experience, people who exhibit this like controlling, coping mechanism don't realize how afraid they are, mm-hmm. and then they get more and more defensive and more and more controlling. Right, and really, it's like it's because I just identified that you're scared, <laughs> and you're scared of realizing you're scared. Or, right. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. And I do that. that I can be very sense. controlling. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so that's what I'm thinking. Like when I am out in the garden with Drew and I'm tripping out on him about what he needs to do or not do. I've banished him from the garden. <laughs> like, nope, 
<laughs> and then he comes and he asks me permission to do something, and it disgusts me. And I'm uh, like, oh, God, what have I done? The tyrant. But at the same time, I'm like, thank you for asking. Because, yeah, you almost just fucked up. Oh, shit. The tyrant. The garden tyrant. The garden tyrant. But really, it's, it's because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose control over something that I think is mine. Right. I don't want to share it with him because it's kind of like, you know, when you're like the next thing my mind thinks of is when I'm drawing a picture mm-hmm. and then a little kid who has no fucking social etiquette <laughs> comes and draws on my picture. And I'm, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Right, right. Do not draw on my drawing. Has nobody taught you that yeah. yet? That Hello. is wildly disrespectful. How dare you be seven years old and not understand boundaries right, and yet. want to draw with me and make create with me right. in wonderful ways exactly so here drew is like starting to draw on my garden there you go i love that i love that and i have that sometimes with legos like <laughs> i'll play legos with my like eight-year-old cousins okay, and they'll right. like they'll be like hey can i like build on your spaceship and i'm like no 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 That's not like, how this works. yeah like i'm i got this covered buddy here you know i'm following instructions i'll make you one you go play with this yeah. in your corner you know? <laughs> And then you know their mom comes in. I'm like, yeah, we're playing together. It's great, totally. going fine. Yeah. yeah, but but you know we all have those spaces. Like like I, that's how I'm in the kitchen. I like love to cook. Mm-hmm. Hate cooking with people. You know what? That's funny. That rings so true. Because some of the only times I've ever seen you mad or had a bad taste in my mouth about you is when you're making omelets and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Whoa! Oh, oh my God! I don't know why. Something about yeah. it. I just love being in control of every variable it, in the kitchen. I can be a little like that with with cooking too. I yeah. think that's why I mentioned. You know, people will come in and say you're doing something wrong in the kitchen or in the garden. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you just make your own fucking omelet, right? I'll make mine. Well, that's kind of what my that's what started my cooking. Was my mom said that to me said as a what? kid? Oh, I was just always real picky. A picky eater growing and up. She pointed that out. And to then you? there was one day where she's just like, "If you don't like it, you can make it yourself." Ah. And I was like, "I can." For real? Huh? I started with scrambled eggs and cinnamon toast, and worked my way nice. up to omelets, nice. breakfast burritos, and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. You make a mean breakfast. But man. I still, I get like, like legit anxiety if I'm in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and someone starts working in the kitchen too, mm-hmm. even if they're not cooking with me. I just fucking hate it. In my head, I'll be like this, like, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> right. You know? Why would you start? I'm cooking. Why right. would you Clearly, start? You need to. Can you give me 15? <laughs> right. I'll be out of here. Like, could you not wait 15 to make your tea? Come on, man. It's so hard to like, okay, I'm going to say something. Because otherwise this <laughs> is going to get really ugly. <laughs> I'm going to say something, and I really don't want it to be super obvious that I fucking hate you right now. All right. That all the judgment is coming up right oh. now. Would it? Could you? Is there, <laughs> do you not see me cooking? <laughs> you're like, br- you're like you voices please? walking this like brittle, melting ice bridge no, of like control. Cool. Yeah. If no. you and then afterwards, I feel I feel bad because I'm like, man, that was so ugly. Like, I'm that's not yeah. me. Like, I'm not that person. But like in that moment, just like you said, mm-hmm. so serious. I'm top chef. What are you doing <laughs> in my kitchen? You know, like yeah. And, like, you know, there, right there, you just distri- illustrated, like, I talk about all this, like, meditation, whatever. Identify your archetypes. Like, mm-hmm. I have my, like, t- kitchen tyrant, angry cook. I haven't even begun to, like, do the work on or, you know, or, like, 
Yeah, what's that guy's name? Uh, I'm going to have to think your about top that. chef. Yeah, I got to find one that's funny enough to make me chuckle when I bring it in. Because for me, that's what helps. Is like, if I'm in that right, state, right. that I can be like, oh, I'm, you know, Fat Paulo or something. That's like, I got to create the character in my head. So calling on the character has like mm-hmm. already gotten me part of the I way. I can now. already see myself like using the tyrant guard. What is her name? Garden tyrant? Yeah, the, gar- the garden tyrant. The garden tyrant. The tyrant of the garden. I don't know. Garden don't tyrant. Know. We'll see where, garden where tyrant's got lives. a good rhythm to it. Garden tyrant. I can imagine myself using that when talking to Drew as like a, the garden tyrant wants to say, <laughs> like to pull myself back from her a little bit, but like let him know, like, right. I really want to bite your fucking head off right <laughs> now, but I'm going to try not to with this new tool that Hobie and I identified. It's almost like one of those, like, like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's like one of those, uh, those toys that we all had us nineties kids growing up in our like preschools where it was like that round thing with a lever and you pulled the lever and it like spun a wheel and it was like, the cow says, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. the garden tyrant says, fuck you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my garden. Yeah. You know what I think it is? I think the garden is a representation of me. And if Drew comes in and does some shit wrong, mm-hmm. like when Bijan said, these two weed plants are too close to each other. The only thing that saved me was that Drew was like, that was my bad. That is not a representation of Dee Dee. Don't judge her. Right. I remember hearing that. Yeah. And, was, and hey, let's give credit where credit's due. Like, a lot of guys wouldn't say that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in front of all their homies. Really you know, like, it's that's a, for his age, too, that's pretty big. Yeah. Not to talk down to ages. He doesn't, but he that's hasn't like, said that to me. Right. But, and yeah, also just to like pick up on like, I know my woman yeah. and I know it's going through her head right, right now. Right. I'm not going to let her take this. She's, the garden's being judged. Right. And I know she doesn't want. And there's some energy here. She wants some credit. Yeah. I've been very prideful, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really I remember in high school when I first identified that I wanted credit mm. for shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, for example, when people put their garden on Instagram and I give myself credit. <laughs> that was me. They're not saying it, but that was me. Hey, Bartcast, everybody should know. <laughs> Take credit where credit's due. Yeah. I was the first gardener. If you know me and you're gardening, that was me. So what, I know it was So today, June, what is it? What's the date? 23rd. Today? June 23rd, 2020. Didi, what's your credit score? My real credit score? No. like Thanks this, for asking because it's great and great. I would love to tell I'm, you. I'm talking about in this context. If you had to give your cre- the amount of credit that you feel you're receiving in general in your life. For my whole life. Your, like for right now. Like DD today, how much credit do you feel? Like do you feel like you've got sufficient credit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that credit comes from me. I think I have learned right. to... I think my ego saves me. I've said this before. I think my ego saves me at the end of every day. Mm. I'm like, I'm the fucking shit. Ooh, that's great. I could I'm use some of that. <laughs> I think I'm awesome. That's a Leo in me. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, when like when I, I like to win, I like to be the best. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, I'll rationalize that there was some circumstance that some sour grapes going on. There was some reason why I didn't, it wasn't reflected in the scores that I'm the best, Mm. but that I actually am in reality. And so like, no matter whatever, like I 
So you can reset your credit score every evening. It's yeah. like your superpower. I, yeah, I think so. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've got great self-esteem. That's great. That's, man, so many of us would kill. That's right. such a superpower. I have to protect it. I uh-huh. really, and I think there's all sorts of other coping me- mechanisms that I use constantly to protect it. But right. I am very privileged to have that. And I like what you said limited. about, like, in the end, you can't really, like, nobody can really give you the credit. It's really up to you to, like, get okay with the credit you have, mm-hmm. to give yourself credit. Because only you know how much it means to you or how much work you've done. To expect other people to read your mind and to like, to get, to get it, mm-hmm. to get at your credit. Yeah. You, that's, you're going to be do, setting do, yourself up for disappointment. It's, I think there are ways, like part of my survival is feeding my ego. And so in my quest to be likable. Mm-hmm. I get a lot, I do, I get a lot of compliments Okay. and I'm sure that there's more things that I'm even aware of that I do to make sure that the, I continue to draw those in, in one way or another, whether it's mm. doing something that other people think is cool and then somehow helping there be like a a path for them to actually speak on it so that I've received like... <laughs> I'm, I'm not just cool, but I'm like, I think perhaps I'm nice enough or relatable enough that you would feel comfortable telling me the positive things you think about me. Mm. Or maybe I'm guilt tripping people. I don't know. Maybe it's some other twisted thing where people feel like they have to tell me. You're giving people free telephones. You're like, this is the DD phone. Pick it up and give me a compliment. Right. (laughs) <laughs> if you compliment me, I will reward you. Like, I don't know exactly. I'm sure I've got a ton of different things that I do, but I, I keep them, bring them in. And, and I'll, I'll compliment myself out loud. There you I'm go. Do- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom, baby. Yeah. That's don't good. you agree? I mean, so many people work really hard to be able to do that. So that's, yeah. that's, a, that's like a really useful tool to have. And I think that there's enough... Uh, you know, you definitely temper it with, a, you know, your own self-awareness. And, of course, the other side of, the, of, of, that, of that story for all of us is the, like, voice that's telling us the opposite in our heads that mm-hmm. we have to, like, beat down or learn to bargain with or learn to love in the, you know, ideal sense. That's what I'm working on right mm-hmm. now is trying to, like, love the voice that, like, tells me I'm not good enough like to see it as something that's trying to help me so that it doesn't really have that much power. What's the, what's the I think the first character you introduced me to for yourself? Oh, your schmuck. Yeah. Right. The schmuck. I love the schmuck. Yeah, learning to love my inner schmuck it, it was like a huge turning point in my life. Yeah. And it's... I call it my ugly. I had identified that one. Yeah. And it's... I always think of my knees. I don't like my knees. And I think one of the first things when I did, when I named it, my ugly. Yeah. I remember I was in college and I was sitting down and I hated that I smoked so much weed because I knew at that point in my life it wasn't serving me. Mm. And I hated my knees. And I took a picture of – I was sitting on the ground with my legs out and I put, like, my bong next to my knee. And I took a picture of it. And in, I named it in that moment. That's awesome. No, that. It was like a symbol – of the thing, yeah. I can't. I smoke too much weed, and I got shitty knees. Yeah, <laughs> fat fucking knees. 
That's great. Oh, yeah. I love that. That that uh, that actually is a great segue into one of my uh, is it into a new thing I'm How trying to do I here be? on the Bartcast. Oh. It's a new question I want to start asking every guest who comes on. I thought up this question a couple <laughs> of weeks ago and asked a couple of my friends. It was on a hike. Uh, it's one that some people can answer and some people can't. I'm wondering if you're one of those people. So let's hear. It. You ready? All right, Dee. I do have to pee, but <clears throat> plant the seed. Before you do, and and if you need time to think on it while you go, you can yeah. always also take it's the, the time. best thinking room. If you were a car, what year and model? Well, actually, we know the year because it's the year you're born. What model would you be, and what would be your mileage? Oh, that's interesting. I'm not a big car person, so doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Well, Just think about whatever you know, you know cars. I have one. I got one that I like to ask people. Um, so I'll throw this one to you, and then I'll go take my break. If you were a sauce, what sauce would you be? Oh, damn. I, I have mine. Do you have your car? I do have okay, my car. Okay, I'll think of my car. Yeah. You think of your sauce. Yeah, All right. So what kind of sauce would I be? I mean, I think right off the bat, the sauce that comes to mind is like a nice like garlic cream sauce because that's like – one of my favorites but i don't know i think that there'd have to be more stuff in it garlic cream sauce seems kind of basic it might have to be like almost like a gumbo kind of vibe that where you like you don't know what you're gonna get like maybe there's a piece of sausage that pops up or maybe some potato or maybe like a spoonful of beans i like that like uh the uncertainty of like a nice like Cajun gumbo that's just kind of bubble in on top of the stovetop, releasing pleasant uh, fumes here and there, here about the kitchen. Um, you know, you know, on like a low simmer, I think if I was going to be a sauce, it'd be a low simmer, just, just on the uh, south side of boiling, where, you know, maybe a bubble or two releases every now and then. But for the most part, things are calm. Things are and still. We're back. <laughs> and we're back with casting in the patio with Hobart. <laughs> All right. Podding in the patio. Podding in the patio with the Bart. Um, yeah. So I think I got it. Okay. I think if I was a sauce, I'd be like some sort of like Cajun gumbo vibe. Mm. Like mm. where... You know, because I like, you never know. You take a, put a spoon in, you're not sure what you're going to get. It might be like a piece of sausage, might be some fish, might yeah. be like some beans. Yeah, it's a little different every you know. time you make it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Right. You can't ever quite lock into the recipe. And, uh, and it, you know, it's just kind of sitting at a nice low simmer, <clears throat> you know, where like, like there's a couple bubbles coming up. There's a lot going on. Yeah, but, but, uh, but a nice slow, slow simmer. Uh, my uh, my sauce is I'm a sweet chili sauce. Sweet chili. Cause for the most part, I'm sweet, but don't be surprised if you get a chili. Oh <laughs> damn! <laughs> um, sweet and spicy. Right. What car and how much mileage? I two years ago I bought my first brand new car. Yeah. And I think she's pretty baller. I feel I love the choice I made. I did so much research, and I have not regretted my decision. I have a Mazda CX-5. Mm -hmm. 
which is a very in black, which mm -hmm. is a very cute small SUV. Yeah, she's powerful. Like I don't think I'm a little car. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to I used to have my blue truck, and I do think that that was the a past Didi. Right. I had a blue again. It was a Mazda, totally. blue sky blue Mazda pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Stick shift. Yeah, that one my will always stick out car. in my mind as the right. DD and shirt. I was such a tomboy. But I see this one too. I see you. Yeah. There's a little bit of glitz. There's a little bit of yeah. balling in it. You know. I've definitely become more feminine. I'm a little bit more like boss bitch. <laughs> and before I was like sporty girl. Thoroughly <laughs> 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 intact ego. Oh, yeah. um, my car's name is Charmaine. Charmaine. I named her after a super cool boss chick that I'm not currently friends with because she was too bossy. She no, she no, she wasn't bossy at all. Um, sometimes when I respect when I meet somebody yeah. that I value really highly, I uh, respect them enough to stay out of their lives. Mm. I, I get intimidated and I'm right. like, no, I'm not good enough. Ah. Um, that's another conversation. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this girl Charmaine that like just really blew me away. And so I was like, I'm going to name my car Charmaine. That's um, cool. But cool so <clears throat> I also like the idea that, and it's, and it's a cute car. Mm. Could have gotten the Nissan Rogue. Very similar. Not as cute. Mm. I was, I was debating between those two. Yeah. Uh, Mazas are better cars, though. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like Mazas are solid, a little bit underrated or forgotten sometimes, which I don't, I don't like to be underrated or forgotten, but I also... I'm not, I don't, I'm not as flashy as a BMW mm -hmm. because I think like you said before, I kind of temper my ego and my glitziness and my, I'm the fucking shit with some self-awareness and like, Hey, but I'm still relatable. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then mileage. Um, I think I'm a solid like 60,000 miles. Okay. Like I've I've been places. Yeah. I got a lot more to go, but yeah. like don't discredit my experience yeah. kind of a thing. I'm not tired. Well, it totally depends means. on the model, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know. At this point, yeah. this is over my head. Right, right. Okay. When it comes to the car talk. Pretty cool. All I right. see it. I see it. Thanks. For sure. Thanks. Yeah. Um you want to know what my car is? Oh, yeah. What's your car? My bad. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so I'm a 1987 Honda Civic hatchback. Yep. My, you know, my shout out Oscar Steiner, my boy. Exactly. He has. We called it the cornback back in the day. <laughs> uh, I think I've been in that car. Yeah, the cornback <laughs> way yeah. back. Uh, yeah. all, the all-wheel drive edition. Mm -hmm. Rare mm -hmm. edition back in the 80s that they came okay. out with. Oh. Um. Color is a tough one because I can't really not I can't really see a color other than the one that Forrest had, or that Oscar had. Is it green? No, it was like kind of this like off yellowish oh. beige, which is a terrible color. <laughs> right. I think if like I was going to choose kind the of color, an off yellowish beige, a nice year round glow. Right. I think it would probably be like a like an ocean, like a blue green. Yeah. Um, like, like the color of your um, pants right now. Yeah, with a, a little brighter. more blue, a little darker. Okay. Dark, like, blue-green. Okay. Um, like, like your vest. 
Yeah, more like this color right here. I know I'm I'm in my like India garb right now for all of you. I'm in Dakin mode. Um, and then mileage, I think I'd have about 173,000 miles on me. Oh wow! So like, was yeah, that but, but like, respectively for but Civics go to four hundred thousand. Ah, holy know? shit! Do they really? Maybe maybe that's a little high. Yeah, even that's... maybe I have more like one hundred twenty thousand miles on me. Okay, like I've been through some shit. And yeah, I got some dings and scratches, scrap, scratches, scratches and scraps, scrapes and scratches. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna be running strong for a yeah. good long while. And yeah, you've always had more mileage than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess all the books you read too. Yeah, that's what it, I used to contribute it to before know, I like growing. understood. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, Hobie's, the environment you grew up in. Yeah, Hobie's just reads a lot of books. That's why he's that books. way. Yeah, that's why he's dark. You understood like cowboys and pirates and like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You knew a lot of words. I mean, I was just a word nerd. Yeah, yeah you know, I grew. I, I I genuinely thought books were. I didn't think this, but I intuited that books were more interesting than people when I was a kid. Like. I'd make a new friend and we'd, you know, I'd be excited and then I'd bring them over and it'd be all good for like an hour. And then I'd just kind of get bored and yeah. start reading a book and then Tony would play with them. You know, <laughs> it's like the story of my life. Oh my God. That's good. And, oh, that's uh, good. You know, it says a lot about how we've grown as brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we take, I think we like, we've learned to like, we'll like switch hats every couple of years. You've been and, saying that more yeah. recently. And I didn't know your brother. You know, it, it was funny. After you guys stayed, after everybody else left after um, on the Juneteenth barbecue, and I was talking to Drew about how I always – I never tried to be Tony's friend growing up. So Hobie is my oldest friend, my longest friend that Aww. I'm still in contact with. Yeah, <laughs> this is incredible. Um, but so since, since second grade, yeah. like Taryn's my next one, but we went down How old were we, like eight? In seventh grade? Seven, seven. Seven, eight? Wait, yeah. Yeah. Something like second that. Second grade. The grades you were are young five grade. plus. I was so old second for grade, you're <clears throat> third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. That's how that works. Because in kindergarten, you're five. Right? So first grade, you're six. Gotcha. Seven, right? So what's that? That's 25 years? Fuck. Baby. Wait. What? Quarter century no. homie. Oh, my gosh. What just happened? That's, that's cre- crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not 25 years old yet. Um, what was I saying? You're my oldest. You're definitely the longest friend that I kick it with regularly or semi-regularly. Yeah. Finally. We did it. A long time ago, you said my door's always open. And then like six years later, don't knock on your door. It's always open. Uh, You were saying that you're talking about Tony. Oh, yeah. And I was talking to Drew about how I'm getting to know Tony for the first time. So when you talk about your your brother relationship with him, yeah. I never observed that because he's he's only a year younger than almost me, two. Right? Only a year younger right. than you, because, yeah. Right. Um, but he was the little brother and a year was like, you know. Yeah. Of but now Well, it's interesting cuz when you came to our school, you were in his grade. Right. And then you moved into my grade. Right. I had the option mm-hmm. to move up. What grade did you skip? I did two years of kindergarten because I did Waldorf. Gotcha. And so when I came in in Tony's grade, I was actually a year ahead. And then you just happened to be the oldest person in your yeah. grade. Yeah. And I'm August, so I'm like one of the younger mm-hmm. people in my grade. 
I was supposed to get some like advantage from being the oldest kid in my grade. Like they did some study. I've never, you know, <laughs> I uh, I'm still waiting on that advantage that uh, that I was that I'm owed by my. By my you always age. felt older, and again, I mean, my friends like... were always mostly in the grade above me. Interesting. Like, that's been, that's been like my experience. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, for those of you who don't know, me and Dee Dee went to this amazing school called the Open Classroom. Open Classroom. Yeah, Lagunitas School District, LSD, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my, in my particular grade, there was only two boys, myself and another guy that, uh, you know, had some particular interests that didn't always align with my own. And uh, so I was raised by this. We're not going to do a shout out. Shout out Luke <laughs> Weathington. Much love to you, buddy. I hope you're doing well out there. I'm sure he is. So he's got his own business or something. Cool we would like bond that. over the Legos for sure, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know I was also I was like a nerd, but also really sporty and athletic and yeah. competitive, and uh, you know I had this gang of like really self possessed power girls that raised me, and like anytime mm-hmm. my little Hobie ego piped up, there's a <laughs> lot of feminine voices to shout it on down, you know. Yeah, and make sure. up rules to get me out in Foursquare. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I, we, we digress. You were talking about getting to know my brother. Right. And so I never, I just kind of discredited him when mm. we were younger. Because he, you know, you don't play with kids that are younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because you would hang out with Ryan. Yeah. And him and Ryan were best friends. Right. You know. But it was still in your mind in the category of being like, and Kyle too. Yeah. I mean, my br- my brother. Was, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there was something else that Tony and I just didn't speak the same language mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. You guys definitely. He was shy. Yeah, Tony has always been a very independent person. You know, growing up as like the younger brother to a, a kid like me. You know, there's this great home movie that I discovered a couple years back, and it like sums up me and my brother Hmm. which like you know i think my mom was shooting it on an old camcorder in our backyard and we had this play structure and i'm like running around the yard i'm like hey mom look at me look at me i'm gonna climb the structure i'm gonna go down the side look i'm gonna go down the side here i go here i go and then tony's just in the background like ball like just playing <laughs> with the ball, just like ball, you know, just like off by himself. So simple, yeah. Totally good, just like you know, doing his thing, yeah. you know. And that's that's been like our dynamic, you know. That and and the cool thing about like being about having my brother for a best friend is like, and having the kind of relationship that we do is like we're both aware of that dynamic, mm-hmm. and we have the language to like talk about it and to like try to like work on the parts of it that you know like this last year i've been trying to learn what it means to be more of an introvert and mm-hmm. like you know to not always be the look at me guy you right. know and like we've been talking about going to parties and you saying like come with me and i'm trying not to assume that role that we talked about earlier where you're the totally. the captain of conversation is that yeah. what you called it yeah yeah because i noticed that like i do have this tendency that for years i was unaware of of like feeling like if I'm uncomfortable, then I have to like, you know, put on this comfortable mask. And it's mm-hmm. not always like I'm like, oh, I better act comfortable. Like this happens below in my subconscious. Yeah. To where like if I can like make everybody else feel comfortable around me, well then I can find comfort in that, and yeah. it's not weird or awkward. And 
And so like actually consciously trying to step back from like steering the conversation or being this like outgoing gregarious person that has helped me a lot in my life. Our society's kind of set up to reward mm-hmm. individuals that can assume that role. Um, but, but then also, you know, I, I do overextend myself a lot. And so that's exhausting. Yeah. And it's been such a like relief to go, like go to a party and be like, I'm just going to listen. And I don't have to like lead this conversation or like, you know. Oh man, it makes my skin crawl sometimes. <laughs> Cause it, like, for example, not saving people. Right. Like, like when Monty came in uh-huh. and you were like, I've met you before. Yeah. If nobody did that. Yeah. I just can't sit there and yeah. let it happen. It's like nails oh on a chalkboard. Or if nobody if nobody's making conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I just oh yeah, it is. It's like nails on a chalkboard making my skin crawl. It's funny how those little things And I get angry. I get angry at other people for not helping each other. Mm. Like I hold other people responsible. Right. But if I do it, I get I let other I don't get mad at other people for not doing it. Right. Yeah, that was definitely something that you taught me when we reconnected when I first moved out to the East mm. Bay. I got, like, a crash course in, like, DD, like, don't take no shit. <laughs> I have such a bad memory. What? <laughs> you, like, kind of taught me, like, I just, like, you know, both in our conversations, but I also absorbed it, was just, like, this, you had a little bit of this feisty attitude of, mm-hmm. like, you, like, I'm not going to take shit and I'm going to call out my friends when they're fucking up and okay. yeah. Yeah, and I tried nice. to implement that in my life and uh, in my own way and like mm-hmm. maybe that's why you and Tony have never connected because he's mm. the opposite of that like right. he's like the Yoda you know just I'm gonna get good on in on my end right you know and like no, how I handle these situations kind of zen you know master guy but he can get a little disconnected yeah from like sometimes you do like that is a token of love to like you know call your friend out on something you know? right and in a loving way and and you know sometimes there's got to be a little fierceness there to show that you care yeah. and then you can like move past that and process or whatever but that that reminds me can i tell you a really cute little story that happened last night sure um so speaking of the like i guess what i named last night the wwdd what would dd do mm-hmm. in terms of the feistiness and yeah. and i've had some other people say like like my friend Nichelle, she also mentioned that I helped her feel comfortable getting angry. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you are the two people who have told me that like your that has been one of your influences on me. So last night Drew was he he stopped to pick up beer after work before he came home, and he called me when he got back in the car. He's like, I'm so fucking angry right now. And I'm like, what? What's going on? Uh-huh. Oh God, he got into a car accident. <laughs> no, but he was going to Parallel Park. So he was gonna back up into the spot and three douchey white guys, as he described them, yeah. like zoomed in uh nose first and took his parking spot oh, and come then on. dipped out of their car and went right into the store, like without acknowledging that he was backing up and all the other cars had noticed that he anyway it was and so he talks about how he navigated the situation and and he felt and what he explained definitely was kind of a fumble of like i think he's finding himself in when something 
pisses me off and I feel like there should be justice in that moment. How do I find a healthy in between that's not saying nothing and not like, I'm going to fucking punch you. Right. Um, and so he called me and I said, I realized that why he was calling me was like brainstorm with me yeah. as to what the hell I can right. say. So we, we went back yeah, and forth yeah, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> you know, we were giving, I was giving him all these different ideas of, you know, keep it really simple mm -hmm. or, you know, if, if this would be going too far because then you put yourself in a position where you look petty or you mm -hmm. look uh, foolish or immature, like here's how you make somebody else look foolish and immature. And, and, you know, I think I think when you talked to them, you were expecting essentially he, he went and he talked to them and he was expecting them to be like, oh, my bad. Sorry, bro. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. They got defensive. They just kind of blew it off and they they were petty. They were like, what are you going to cry about it? Oh. Which I think is kind of outdated, too. Right. So I also understood that the way that they responded through him, because he was like, what? Who the hell acts like this? Like, right. so many things are happening right now. He'd that, already taken the high road, you know, not reacting emotionally to it. Yeah. And so he was like, I guess, you know, we, we went over it and I, I gave him some... I had to bring out, ooh, I, I want to name this girl, my feisty defensive yeah, yeah. person, which is funny. She comes out in the parking lot a lot. Yeah, I yeah. will jump. Usually what I do when somebody's about to take my parking spot, I throw that shit in park and I jump the fuck out of the car. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And I stand in the parking spot. You can back the fuck up. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. Or you can have a problem with me. You're hella rude. Okay. Like, I'm I being hella rude about it. I know. I if there's one the thing that, spot. like, breaks, like, lot. completely defuses like any semblance of like decency or control <laughs> that situation you just described like i think would piss off anybody like right in my opinion it's like you do that you might get keyed you right you know like that's just keying car is fucked up it is but it's that is like one of the up. few situations where it's like you know you right think about it yeah <laughs> yeah and or maybe not is, a key, but like a spit to... on, like a big old loogie so what... on the driver's side window. He poured, he poured beer on their car. Okay. But I was like, you know, I, I also want you to be careful because, so my boyfriend's black and these three kids were white and mm -hmm. we're talking about a situation that happened in Oakland. Right. Right around the time of George Floyd. And so he also was feeling this like particular disrespect that was like how do you walk around with yourself like making my day harder right y'all are just in there cracking jokes stealing my parking spot like one last fuck i i got my amazon vest on like i just got off work like fuck you guys i, I came right this is I the time to maybe be a little more civil and yeah. gentle and sensitive like have some humility how are you not ashamed so he essentially i was like okay so it sounded like you wanted you expected an apology, a man-to-man -man apology. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. And then you wanted to shame them. But you kind of fumbled in terms of, how, how one, just reorienting yourself. Okay, now what's my goal in yeah. getting my justice? It, I think by the end of it, we were like, I think what you wanted was, I'm not going to be the one that feels like shit. You're going to be the one that feels right. like shit walking away from this. Right. And so you want to, with an audience essentially say fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i definitely threw him the like when you're talking to white boys you can always talk about their little dicks like they're gonna assume that you've got the bigger dick so go ahead and like throw that shit out there right away if you're really trying to just 
be an asshole. Just give it a minute. But also, I don't want you to key the car. I don't want you to pour beer on them. I don't want you or anything like that because I also don't want them to pull out their white privilege and call the police on you. Right. And then, you know, that store has a camera camera. that sees your car and like your vest and puts the two together and there's only one of you in the area. Um, You know, stay fucking safe. Always have the upper hand, but get shame them and at least hopefully one of those kids later that night has a little bit of a hard time sleeping because it's going over in his mind Mm. like i feel bad right and then but also we did talk about like how can you put the fear of god in them like just be like this is your car is that registered to your house all right cool bro (laughs) like you from around here you know how we handle shit all right yeah, my boys will see I think soon. there's a, there is a way to like through like cle- cleverness, yeah, and, like witty banter, to like, like you said, like to outfox them to where they look foolish. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you know, whether or not it gives them lasting satisfaction is another story. But like, there there would have been a way to like go in there and with one little thing lay it all out in a right. neat way and you know part of it is like how have yeah, you worked that muscle the the... have you like worked that muscle like i think like comedians mm-hmm. stand-up comedians probably have that muscle really mm-hmm. well worked to be able to just quickly come up with a take on the spot that like just sums up their it all real quick right and mm-hmm. where you if you respond then you're the you know then you look stupider right you know but not all of us can quickly like access that part of our brain and I think In he's figuring time. out, yeah, like, like he's got this DD model because I'm feisty and I'm yeah, quick and all, right. and and I use my mouth, um, but to defend myself. But um, I think he's trying to figure out because he is more Tony than Hobie, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. He's my rock. He he's definitely like animated, and he's got. In fact. That's, I think, what I was going to say earlier. Getting to know Tony, he is a lot less shy than maybe he used to be or maybe I ever realized. Yeah, he's come, out, probably of, he's your come out of his shell a lot. We've been working on it pretty actively. Yeah, he like I've, I've been feeling a lot more like natural with him and drawn to him in that like our playfulness mm-hmm. goes hand in hand. But um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Drew and Tony... I could see that. Became, yeah, like figured out that they're kind of on a similar wavelength Mm -hmm. um but he's he's figuring out he's navigating what what does drew do in these situations right and being aware that like a lot of times doing what dd would do is not going to create a safe situation for him yeah you can get away with certain things that he couldn't you know based on the privileges that you have that too um uh but i was i was proud of him for because he has he's frozen up on a number of mm-hmm. other occasions and then later like we talk about it and you're like oh i didn't even realize i froze you're right i totally froze yeah. and just watch that whole thing go down um so he doesn't want to freeze right well luckily we're also living i think at a time with all the all the things that are changing so fast we're like like if i i have this like intuition that like if he could get to a place where like having you in one of those circumstances play that dominant role Mm -hmm. like our society has come so far to where like like i imagine myself being in a circumstance like that where i could just like kind of be laughing like not it not being a demasculating thing to have my girlfriend like 
go hard, but right. but mostly be like, oh, you fucked up. Like now you got to deal with her. Like I'm kind of sitting back and laughing, you know. Like one it's of like... the things we made a he he made a we have a a joke that he came up with, <laughs> like I'm his little pit bull or something like that. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> forget where we were. He was like don't make me get my girlfriend to call the manager on you or some shit like that. Like yeah. that white woman who always like calls the manager on some shit and throws a hissy fit. And like, I, I would be one to call the fucking manager. Wielding his Becky. Yeah. Um, I really <laughs> like to use to like harness my privilege in the ways that I am able to, uh-huh. but he kind of gets to press the button that right. is like, go. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there are like even right now, I'm like, oh, Drew's gonna listen to this. And I don't want him to feel like <laughs> I don't want to be painting the picture that is like all he ever does is freeze because that's not the case. Right. But I do think we are. I am just a more dominant um, personality in general, and that's why I'm attracted to him because he's my rock and he holds me down. Right. Um, but I think we are figuring out like a partnership, mm-hmm. and in most situations, we are together. So when anything happens. Yeah, and that and that that he the just fact backs that you're, me up on everything. The fact that you're dominant doesn't mean that like this is a, a tired phrase, but like that he's any less of a man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's a strength to wield the like to having that dominant character. I was also thinking about it the other day, like um, when I think of a man that I think barks too loud. I think it quickly can discredit them they're a yappy dog right or like oh you're hyper masculine and that's not what a modern man a modern show of strength in a man is Mm. anymore Uh like it might have used to be like oh flex and show your guns literally or figuratively and then everybody else will back down but today it's like can you be clever can you be balanced can you diffuse a situation right like um well, we, uh, especially since you, I think. It's also unexpected. I think there's a lot of power in that. Too. Yeah, and we've come to see, like, those hyper, the hyper-masculine dominance showings as being, like, from a place of insecurity. Right, exactly. And we've had such like an exposure. Like, now that, like, like, MMA has become so mainstream and there's, like, all these fighters that are talking and you've, like... As a culture, we've gotten to experience what, like, the real badasses look like. They're all, like, hell of nice, non-confrontational people that are, like, super not displaying those, like, what, bro? Come at me, bro. You right. know, like, a lot of times those are the dudes that are, like, scared. That are That's the dudes their mouth. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, I mean, that's one of the things that I, that I feel like we're moving in the right direction on. I think so, too. Um... Like the cool guy is not the bully anymore. Right, right. The cool right. guy is the guy that comes in like, I knows that the bull knows the bully kid has something going on at home. Yeah, well, you can. There's a way to like wield the power like man. in the situation and bring a positive result. Mm-hmm. Like, there you, you go. Know, exactly. I, I was in uh, New Orleans on uh, a couple of years back on Halloween. Yeah. And we were on Frenchman Sounds Street. Fun. Big party, Saturday night, everyone's out in costume. Mm-hmm. It was a blast, right? And uh, and the car in the front, there's like all the like musicians and rappers performing on the corner, and there's like mm-hmm. hundreds of people in the street dancing and getting down. And 
the car, the, a line of cars come up trying to drive through the crowd. And they hear the music. The car in the front stops. These two women, like big old women, get out. Mm-hmm. And they just start dancing. They start mm-hmm. getting down. One of them busts <laughs> out an umbrella. She's going hard. The other one, like, gets up on the hood and she's like twerking and <laughs> yeah. everyone's like yeah like cheering like you joined us mm-hmm. and then there's this car behind them that's just honking that's like annoyed with them or yeah something. and it empties and it's just these like super basic looking like white girls that are there on spring break or whatever or not spring break it's right right halloween. halloween and they're just like they're oh tourists. my god can you please just move right. like can you please move we're trying to get to our hotel right. can you please just move why won't you move and I'm looking at him. I'm like, look where you are. Yeah. Like, this is New Orleans. What did you come Car- here for if not Karens. for this moment right here? Because yeah. you're not, you're losing sight of what's going on, right? They, you know, they go away. And then suddenly this big dude comes and just starts pushing me. He's like, move, bro. He's like, get out of the way. Like, move. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, whoa, like, I'll move. But like, yeah. you don't need to push me. Right. You know, and, you know, I'm like. Also, you're picking the smallest guy in the crowd to push yeah. here. Like, like I'm going to move cool, anyways man. if you move someone else, you know. Right. And I start talking to him, and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, you know, my friend's in the car, three cars back. I'm just trying to move everybody out of the way. And I'm like, it's all good. Like, this is, I'm having a blast. But, like, you know, you don't need to put your hands on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, And we start talking, and I'm like, you know, I was like, well, you know, are you from around here? And he's like, yeah, I grew up in New Orleans. And, and I look at him and I'm like, well, dude, like, what are you doing trying to drive down Frenchman Street on a Saturday right. night? Like, you know better. And he looks at me and this look on his face. And I'm like, oh, what I did, I was like, look around you. And I'm like, look at that woman on the hood of the car right there. Do you see how happy she is? Like, look at her face because she was just pure joy on her face. Right. Do you see how happy she is? Everything. I was like, how can you argue with that? And he looks at me, and this look comes on his face. This guy's like probably like, like six gotcha. five, six six, huge dude. And he's just like, ah. he's just like, oh, I'm the asshole. Like, right, oh, yeah. and he looks at me. He's like, I'm sorry, man. And I'm like, yeah. Like, what are you doing driving down Frenchman on a Saturday night? Like, you know better than that. Right. And he's like, you're right, you're right. We I were don't just, have to tell you we that. were trying to get to a party, but like, I'm like, you're in a party. And then he like puts <laughs> his arm around me. And he gives me a beer, and he's like, "Hey, man, you're cool as shit. Like, let's hang out." And we start. So we started. Oh, sweet. Where's the party? Yeah, we started like drinking and hanging, and then like ten minutes later, mm-hmm. he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, dude, like, like, could you like help me out? Like, there's some other guys that are oh, like trying to start like, something. Like, like, could you come? This ta- guy knows how to do he's it. He's like, could you come talk to him for me? And I'm like, dude, this guy's like. A football player, right, like right, a right, giant right. man. But you had the power in and that he's moment. he's coming yeah. to me to, like, Absolutely. help him That's navigate cool. a situation. And I just felt like that whole interaction mm-hmm. to me was, like, it made my night. Like, I yeah. was so happy for the rest of the night. I went up to the women that were dancing on the car later. We ended mm-hmm. up in the same little corner, and I told them the story. And they were, like, super stoked that they guys, were part yeah. of it. And, like... And like you know, we we all invited them back to the house we were staying at. We did, we like you know, it's like so precious. We got lost. It was like Isla Vista, you know. It was yeah. Like, but it was just like this level of deep connection. And to speak to what you were saying, like I was the smallest guy mm-hmm. in this crowd, but like I felt so powerful in that moment, in this like positive way, to be able to take 
this energy that could have been a fight. In. Like if yeah. I had like stepped to that guy who's ready to throw down, mm-hmm. but through whatever peaceful warrior, Aikido, verbal Aikido, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, I made a friend. And then it was like, and then he called on me again to like, you know, it was just like really cool to, uh, to see how those situations can take root and, yeah. and you know, may, may, may Drew be able to war- wield that wand as well. And, you know, he is a very charismatic and clever dude, and and I, I totally think that finding that, finding that voice is that's in him. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know when he, when he got out of his car and he went over to the store and just waited for them to come out. I think what he wanted was to have, a conversation where out of something negative like in your story, comes like incredible positive connection. Right, some catharsis. Yeah, but you know sometimes. Yeah, what does what does Drew do when the moment of realizing, oh, this is not that person who's going to right. see the error of their ways and connect with me and like even if I give him the opportunity for us to do that, mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. He wanted like, oh, my bad. Sorry, bro. And then they, you know, dap each other up and be on their ways. Right. Which that's, is that's what he imagined. Yeah. Unfortunately, and not how things turn out most of the time. Not, yeah, so when it's not that, what, you know, right. he's got some choices for... Well, and to see that, like... We all know what Didi would <clears throat> do. Right, right. Shame. But also to see that, like, I'm guessing that these guys actually felt bad when he when he confronted them. But, like, classic right. male ego stuff prevailed, and it was like they got defensive, and then it was like, oh, bro, like, you know, rather than... You know what? One of the friends apologized. Mm-hmm. And... He said, no, I'm not looking for the apology from you. Right. And we talked about, like, you. sometimes that will happen. That's happened with me. Like, you can use that and, like, a reward the the dog in the pack who's doing the right thing because mm-hmm. everybody else will see that and be like, oh, shit, that's how it's supposed yeah, to Yeah, like, your mom raised you right. Or, like, you, right. Know, you had a mom I'm who like, was. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate <laughs> it. But to be honest, like, it wasn't your decision. I'm looking for the apology from this guy. Right. Yeah, but even that, like, who knows? If how. we're talking about, like, are you actually going to get it? Right. Saying those words like, isn't going to get it for you. Yeah. Like, like calling the guy out in front of his friends is going to make him double down because he's been That's shamed. That's what he was doing, yeah. And he's like defensive now, you know. But even to just be like, well, I'm glad someone in your group learned some manners. Thank you. Yeah. You know, if you want to put a little vinegar down, you know. Yeah, I'm. D- yeah, I'm. I'm. <laughs> I like to. Douse I'd probably spend my energy then, just like forgiving the guy and moving away. on with my day, you know, because right. I have control over that. Right. But, you know, I get, you know, I get road rage too. And I get the only time I really curse out of anger is with that kind of car stuff where like I'll be trying <laughs> to get over and the person will be on my left. I'm trying to get over and they won't like speed up or slow down. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? Can you just fucking let me in? And right. I miss my exit. Um, that's the time when I'll be like cursing in my car right. when it's like, and then Are they switch into the lane me? that I was in after I missed right. the exit. And I'm just like, you know, yeah. but it's, it is funny how cars like, yeah. there's something about them. Yeah. Can, which is funny. Cause yeah, Drew is not really one to make any sort of confrontation, but he has outrageous road rage. <laughs> I have a, I, yeah, I guess like one, it's real. it is really frustrating, 
But we're also safe in it. We're not fucking safe at all in our no. cars. But we feel safe with that window rolled up. Right, until you don't, which is why I think we have, um, and feel like I heard on a podcast or something. <laughs> there should be a podcast called, I, I think I heard it on a podcast. It would be a great like podcast. Yeah. But uh, where there's some study or something like when you're in a car because you're moving so fast Mm -hmm. and there's all these big objects around you there is like a primal instinctual like you get this these jolts of like cortisol and adrenaline when you know when someone swerves in your lane or when someone does something like that Mm -hmm. there's a reason why it's this hot button trigger Mm -hmm. that's like goes to the fact that like we're monkeys that were never meant to be moving this fast i don't know why governments allow us to drive cars (laughs) like that logically has never made sense to me there's this teeny tiny line that keeps us separated and and were that not there i would have no idea how to drive around people without freaking the fuck out we're going to look back on it someday and be like, those savages. Like, <laughs> they just let us kill each other in our cars. So many people die in car accidents. Population control. That's um, what it really is. Yeah, Dee Dee. Well, I'm getting a little chillier. Yeah, Dee it's Dee starting to get tired. Down. We're yeah. starting to get not tired, but cold. We just we just did. Right now, I have GarageBand set to only count the bars. Do you know what? I, you want to know how many bars we did? Sure. <laughs> does that mean something to me? Yeah. You know, like bars and music. Yeah, like, like but four, how does four that... counts? Oh, interesting. Okay. So we just did, we've done three hundred, three thousand eight hundred and eighty bars. Mad bars, bro. Yeah, two hours and ten minutes. I think that's a pretty good two podcast. Ten. Yeah, you know. Perf. Um, it's well, about average. Well, Didi, uh, before we go, yeah, can you please tell people how they can find you? <laughs> I am on Instagram at Miss Dede Boston, M I S S D E D E B O S T I A N. That's where Gardening in the Garden with Dede is. Okay. And hopefully, the next time we do a podcast, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, oh, well, I can help you get it going if you want. We can. We can get yeah, it set let's up. do that. I, I've yeah, made like a bunch of them. Review. I'll review with you. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'm hella down. Like, I I just need someone. You know, who can be, like, the more colorful one? Because I feel like I do my best work when I can be the straight man. In I it. would love to be the you more know? colorful exactly. one. Exactly. So, Legit. you know, I'm super down. We can do cookies or review anything, you know. I, I just spent all day making brownies and lemon bars yesterday. Holla. Yeah. I mean, the funniest part about that whole show was, like, we started doing it right when I decided to quit eating, like, processed greens. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, fuck, <laughs> all right, now we're going to eat cookies. Um, review carrots or something. I like if you watch the video closely. I like only kind of nibble on them. <laughs> they were terrible cookies. They but were. They really they were. <laughs> that went downhill. Quickly. I think my overall score was three and a half Chewbacca's. And, uh, oh yeah, well earned, well deserved. But uh, but yeah. So D- guys, follow Didi Miss Didi Boston on Instagram, mm-hmm. and um, if they follow you, then they get your story. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, too. And okay. any last little bits that I'm forgetting to include? No. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad that we got you in here. It was super fun and easy flow. And uh, I love it because this feels like a totally unique podcast to anything I've done before. And that's oh, what cool. I love about having different people on. It's yeah. This was a lot of fun. So let's do it again. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye. All right.
pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I listened back to this and, uh, I just realizing at times how much of a like quote unquote, uh, spiritual guru character. I, I like to wear that hat sometimes. So apologies, uh, if I got a little preachy. You know, it's all from a place of love, and uh, they are tools. The tools that I talk about are ones that have really helped me in my life. So, you know, my intention definitely uh, is, you know, to offer up to other people these things that help me. Um, but I do also realize at times I can be a little goofy with that stuff. So bear with me on that front, but uh, know that I mean well. Um, one thing I forgot to say in the intro the Honey Drops show tonight starts at 7 p.m. That's when the live stream starts. Um, and uh, please go out and check out Gardening in the Garden with Dee Dee. Follow her on Instagram at Miss Dee Dee Boston. That's M I S S D E D E B O S T I A N. She's got some cool gardening stuff up there and mostly just a lot of awesome deedeisms. Um, ten in the bag, guys. Hell yeah. I'm stoked. I love my life. I love you all. And uh, as we as we sink into this last week into June, I just want to say, you know, to all you guys out there, keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep working through these hard times and hard emotions and know that uh, there's a gentle Hobart who is feeling it too and who is also feeling a lot, a lot of love and uh, just wishing you all uh, the best. I hope you guys all are uh, finding some moments of calm and tranquility in between the storms and, uh, you know, getting those opportunities to open your heart to people because we need that more than ever right now. All right. Until next time, my friends, be well. Love you all.